0: hits.
1: It's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-0-FEZ. 866-RON-0-FEZ. Fez -FEZ. Fez making some last minute changes in the song. Very, very impressed with that, Fez. Producing on the fly. Uh, For people that have been listening to the XM side of this, we are the Ron and Fez show. Same show you've been listening to for the past seven years. Uh, But for folks who have never heard us before, we are the Ron and Fez Show, new here to Raw Dog. Uh, I'm Ron Bennington. My partner is the guy who always has everything ready, the iron horse, the give me the ball and let me run with it guy. Uh, No matter what comes up, stress-free, Fez Watley. Hiya, buddies. Fez, it's amazing that you went with this song, which wasn't the song that we picked.
2: It was, uh, I guess, a last-minute call. An audible, I guess you would call it.
1: Um, we've got a producer. We call him Mr. Production, Mr. Imaging, Mr. Last-Minute. Uh, and he made a interesting move. We were going back to the old N.E.W. song to uh, start this off. But Chris Stanley did something interesting. Uh, jumped in. Oh, and already the phone lines have exploded. To see who could be the first caller of the new show.
2: It's a nice, it's a nice, br- it's a nice way to go ahead and put yourself in Ron and Fez history. Who will be the first caller on the new Ron and Fez show on Raw Dog Sirius XM Comedy Hits ninety nine?
1: Could you uh, grab me a pair of scissors here? So I got in today to start the new show. Nothing set up, no sign of the team. Uh, We only had a couple of months to get this thing uh, up and running. And right down to the last second, the wrong song was played at the beginning of this. Unbelievable. Well, you know what? We said we wanted to start positive, and is the... uh, it is the way to do it. Alright, who will be the first caller on the brand new Run and Fe show? Uh, before we even get started into this, uh, before we start and take the new callers and all, we've added a new person uh, to the show. And that, of course, is everything else around here became a little uh, clustery. Uh, because... We had a producer uh, break up with a girlfriend and then say, I need to, you know, move on with my life. I can't live in the same place. And that was Pips. So the idea of filling in for Pips uh, has been a strange one because you've got to get people into this company. And this company is, for whatever reason, it's like getting into the NSA. They go out of their way uh, to make it more and more uh, difficult in background checks. So we actually went through quite a few people look what we were doing. It. Uh, Mikey D was the first person and you put a nix into that, Fez. Um, Eastside Dave would be perfect to bring in here. And also settle Chris Stanley down. Somebody for Chris to be able to bounce things off of and that would have been perfect but Dave of course on hiatus and planning his own show. Um, Earl's name came up but no way we would be able to get uh, Earl back into the building the way that he left. So uh, Shelby's name came up, but they think of Shelby as somewhat of a creep. Uh, They actually wrote creep across his resume and handed it back down to us. So uh, the idea, somebody who'd been into this place before that would know what they were doing, and that was Dana, the intern, uh, passed through everything just perfectly, And ladies and gentlemen, Dana decided to uh, finish her college education, which was a crushing blow to us. Sure. So we went back to Shelby, who failed the entrance exam. He lied. Uh, And normally lying is great in a producer. You know what I mean? Uh, the, The second they say, I care... Um, you know that they don't. That's just part of producing. So lying in sales and producing is perfect. But in this case, uh, Shelby lied about something important. He said he was a college graduate. He was not. So I I talked to Tim Savian about it. I said, Tim, you don't need to be a college graduate to work here. And he goes, no, you don't. But you also can't lie. And I said, uh, this has happened to us before with Fred. Uh, We want this kid to be part of the show. Long story short, Tim went to them, begged for his job. They said no. Tim went back again. And somehow, Shelby is the newest member of the Rana Fez show. So... Congratulations, Shelby. Um, It is uh, impossible to see what you put everybody through. It's a whirlwind adventure. You, at at the last time that I met with you, I said, they've screwed you over, you can't get in, and somehow Tim Sabian went back and saved it. But you started interning for us at what point? I believe it was May of last year. You basically were on a seven-month interview,
3: yeah.
1: and at the very last second, they called you a creepy liar and said that you could not, uh, you could not join. But you got it pulled off.
3: I did. Apparently, uh, did I go to college? Yes. Did I attend four years? Yes. Did I graduate? Uh, Technically, no. Apparently, uh, two credits short.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. You didn't even have to write college. You could have just said, I'm a person. I've never worked before except I want to work now and we sign off, and you would have been fine. But the fact that you came in there lying, told them that you were with NASA or whatever the hell you said, uh, and that you had a girlfriend in the Niagara Falls area, made it seem... And they actually said you lied on a federal document. So somehow, to interview here, you have to sign a federal document. Do you even remember doing that?
3: Yeah, something about the Geneva Convention. I got a... Submitted DNA sample. It's like getting into the Pentagon here, apparently.
1: Well, um, first of all, congratulations and welcome. And I need you to pull this uh, team together. Because what happened today, first day, unbelievable. Unbelievable how clustery it, it ran around here. And the exact opposite of what I promised the, the bosses. The exact opposite. Uh, this is the Rana Faye Show. Um, As I said, you're going to get Mr. Imaging, Mr. Production, Chris Stanley. He'll be on a little later on in the show. But just let me say right off the bat, bang up, job, job Chris. Welcome back to the States. Thank you. Uh, Fez Watley, the Iron Horse, the stud of the Ron and Fez Show, Mr. Pressure. Give it to him. Watch for it, because he will handle it at one day, at one point today. He's going to be left out to dry, so make sure that you pay attention for when that moment happens and now Shelby the strange intern creep who beat the odds what did you feel like like you had been in New York City where are you staying right now where are you living
3: living in a little place called Corona Queens Uh, not with my own place obviously you know expensive living in New York so I'm uh, Running a room with an african american family out in uh, corona queens living the living the high life. are you uh, is this a fun family? are you part of the family now do you feel like at times you know yeah. i 'm welcomed by the patriarch of the family you know it 's a fatherless household you know that's uh, so that's who's neither the here nor there it 's uh, the mother that 's the matriarch oh jeez the start mother already. is the
1: matriarch the father 's the patriarch am i am i
2: Correct about that? That is absolutely correct. I guess Shelby will just have to step in and be the daddy. I'll just put that, that was, in
1: my notes. That's stuff that they actually teach in the last two credits of your <laughs> college education. So you have no diploma? Not
3: yet, working on that.
1: And you have no place to live?
3: Uh, none Well, none, uh, normal places you'd call it. I'm kind of living in some weird BET sitcom right well, now. Why don't you l- live with some young hipsters? You know, it was just kind of like uh, I realized, oh, you got I got to the end of my lease. I got to get the hell out of here and get a new place. And then it's kind of like I've got to find some place really quick. And they just threw me in there.
1: I thought all you hipsters live together.
3: I, they really should. I should have some place in Brooklyn and start wearing really thick glasses. But no, that's not the case.
1: Uh, I don't have all my phone stuff set up here uh, today. Um, We spent a lot of time trying to pick the wrong song, so we really didn't get around to uh, anything else. Did you guys uh, meet before the show today?
2: Yes, we did.
1: Bang up. Give me a pound on that. Bang up. Um, I really want to go to the first caller, but I'm not sure I want to give anybody the satisfaction of uh, being the first caller. But let's go to a team that Lost it all. The Philadelphia Eagles over the weekend. Let's go to... um, By the way, uh, some people are already writing in to me that my mic sounds shitty on here. Uh, Again, great production work. Um, Justin in Philly.
4: Oh my God, this is unbelievable. You guys just made my day.
1: You are the first caller.
4: Wow, okay. I did not expect that, but I just want to tell everybody, if you do not understand what's going on,
5: just go with it. Everything you thought you knew, everything you loved is dead. Ron and Fez run this shit now. It's never going to be
4: the same. It's never going back. We're moving forward. Ron and Fez forever, or April 6th, whatever, and welcome Shelbo.
1: Shelbo, on on point here. Um, here's Mike in Newberg. You're on the Run show.
6: Hey, Ron. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> Congratulations on the new Raw Dog. How many hits? 99.
1: Uh, how are you today, my man?
6: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been listening to you guys since, uh, the NEW days. In fact,
1: that, uh, intro coming in for a tear to my eye, man. It was, the, the fact was to go back to the old intro. And for some reason, Mr. Imaging said this. Let's start the old intro and then go to a song that has no historical connection. Because he attempted to put together an intro before he took his long break. That folded down into itself. Um, But he still wanted a a little thumbprint on it. He still wanted a, a little thumbprint. Amazingly weird Opening to the new show It is the Rana Fez show We are the weirdest show in radio Uh, Sometimes we fight on the air Sometimes uh, there is crying That takes place on the air Uh, In this case The guy that was Always the go-to guy For whatever reason Lost heart But here we are It's a brand new show Um, Here's uh, Tom in Madison You're on the Rana Fez show yeah.
5: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sirius XM Comedy Hits 99, Raw Dog, round and Fez From We're calling from beautifully dejected Green Bay. Everybody here is cursing Kaepernick and people that drop passes. So, well, hey, welcome, guys. Welcome.
1: This is the weird thing about when, and I'm in the same uh, position being an Eags fan, you're like, hey, at least we made the playoffs. That's great. And then when your team drops the first week of the playoffs... In a lot of ways, it feels even worse. Yeah, the
3: build-up to getting in the playoffs is just months and months, and then it's just over.
1: I was so disappointed with the loss that should have happened with the Eagles that I did not watch any of the pregame Sunday stuff because I didn't want to see any highlights. So I would only start my viewing day at exactly 1 o'clock. So uh, I'll get into this with the Ron Fez show. Now, my computer screen isn't set up today. Don't even worry about it, Shelbs. I want everybody just to know it's lounging time in the office, uh, bad production, and then new show. That's the way we do it. That's the way it rolls. Uh, We also have new interns today. I'm going to bring them on a little later on in the show. Uh, But one of the things that came up, uh, and by the way, I'm also pissed that The Bosses, because no press release went out on the new show. Uh, Nothing has changed on the old Raw Dog page. Nothing has changed uh, on the ONA page. And I had to sit through these things and hear from the Bosses. Make sure you're on social media. Make sure you're on Facebook. Make sure that you start a brand new website. By the way, none of these things have to do with doing radio. But now, they all want to jump into that. And yet, they didn't make any of the changes. And I'm willing to bet my crack team never once checked on it. Good. Uh, So, they were unaware of it. So, that'll have to come up in a 3 o'clock meeting. Uh, But... We also went into the fact that over on the com, that's the com, which is somewhat of a listener-generated website um, that is show prep for the Ron and Fez show. All this was going to be done on Ron and Fez 101. That never got worked out. But, Chris, were you able to do Saturday night?
7: Yeah, I came in for Saturday Buffo. night.
1: Um, so none of that stuff uh, hit. The ground running, but one of the things they asked us to do was to take a new press uh picture, which at one point was destroyed because Shelby was not going to be in, and we had taken you know four hundred pictures. Um, I found out that the picture that they picked for us is the last picture that You take. Here's what happens when you do press pictures they make you sit and you're stiff and you just, you know, you half smile or whatever. And they take, and then they go, okay, now we're done. Now, just for fun, everybody put on these little hats. And then you do it, and that's the picture that goes out. That's the publicity picture. We sat around during the four of us uh, posing for pictures. For an hour, then they go, okay, we're done. Let's take some fun pictures. And we fucked around a little bit, and that's the one that they used. I am going to just meet this head-on. I'm not going to uh, let it get me down. As a matter of fact, we'll do a caption contest on this over on the iBang. I'm willing to say this is the worst publicity
3: picture known too mad. Well, what happened to all the ones we went to, like the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, they hated those?
1: No, it's not so much they hated it. They didn't make us look stupid enough. They want you to feel like, I felt today when the wrong opening went up. You know what I mean? They want that feeling of, okay, is it a new show? And you're all ready and you're all excited about it? Here's a fucking punch in the gut to let you know Life is not going to be easy on you. So um, I figured we would just take the shot for it. Now, the eye bang, as I pointed out uh, before to new listeners, and for you new fish, just catch on. You know, we could sit and explain it to you. They want us to sit and explain it to you. But we don't have the team to put together Ron and Fez 101. We don't have the the team that's up and prepared to let you know the history of the show. We're not up for that kind of thing. So what we're going to do is say, hit the ground running with us. Uh, If you go over to the iBang right now... uh, You'll have to see this embarrassing picture. Fez, what will we give out for the caption contest?
2: We have a fantastic prize for the caption contest. It is Chasing Amy on DVD, signed by Kevin Smith, Jason Mews, and Jason Lee. So,
1: uh, for uh, New Fish, here's what happens. Uh, We get a lot of cool people to come in here. We have them sign stuff. Uh... And then we give it out to you, the listeners. Now, you don't hear that from other shows because they don't love you as much as we do. Even you people that are like, I don't know what this show is. Don't worry. We already love you. You just haven't um, caught on yet. So head on over to the iBang and be able to check out this brand new picture. What's it listed under for people?
3: I think it's coming up
1: right now. No, I mean, it's already up there, but what is it? You're just a little slow on it, but on your computer, uh, the computers we have in here are a little bit shitty. It's uh, part of Featured Stories. Featured Stories, so it's under that. Uh, And this picture, in my opinion, um, could not be more embarrassing. Could not be more embarrassing. Uh, let's go over to Keith. Keith in West Virginia, you're on the Run-A-Fez show.
4: Maha, bone buddies. Maha. It's, you know, it's the little things. When I first started listening to this show, I used to love the first words out of Fezzi's mouth were, Hiya, buddies. And I hadn't heard that in so long. And that's the first thing he said today, and it sounded great.
5: I'm glad to hear you guys.
1: Uh, but thank you very much. You guys are going to have a lot of fun with us. Here's Tom in Connecticut. Tom.
6: Hi. Hey. Oh, uh, Welcome to the new goddamn
1: station. Thank what you so much.
6: did uh, Fez get you for Christmas?
1: I will... This is another embarrassing story. Um, for the new fish, I'll go back and announce this. Fez and I met many, many years ago. Uh, and we've known each other for well over 20-plus years. Three years ago... Fez gave me a Christmas present. So embarrassing. By the way, we've already destroyed the site. The site is down from being slammed from so many people running over to take a look at it. Um, so where's that song that we do when the site gets slammed, gets down? Is that part of the new imaging?
2: Should be coming right up.
1: Oh, uh, uh, When?
2: Any second now.
1: We're writing a brand new song about the site going down?
2: Oh, no, no, the song that we do have for it. Mm.
1: Uh, so here's what um, I will say. I'm going, this was another thing I kept to myself the embarrassment of this present. I will announce that a little later on in the show, though. Um, the thing that we're going to start doing to it is booking a bunch of comedians to come in and do the show with us. Later on this week, we're looking at Seth Herzog from, I guess now, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Michael Ian Black will be here. Big J O'Kerson, Colin Quinn, Jeffrey Gurion, William H. Macy, Paul Morrissey, Jillian uh, Jacobs from Community, and the one, the only, Jim Norton, all stopping in. This week, uh, we promise to bring you some of the funniest people on the planet Earth. Um, all right, so there is the picture up on the eye bang, uh, which is a strange Charlie's Angels takeoff, uh,
3: and that's the picture they picked. Jeez, I like to call it like four people who would never hang out in real life. Kind of what it looks like. Or even on the air. Yeah. This really... The, the beauty of this is everybody is looking
1: in the exact position, in, in different positions, which was the start of the show today. Um,
2: I love this picture. I think it's great.
1: Sure, because you're leaning over with your ass into a twink. And I'm smoking a... Uh, or vaping a blue. I find it to be the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're uh, going to let you guys caption that and beat us up on it. And God damn it, we've got it coming to. The weird thing, it's a beautiful picture in terms of it looks like strange cinematography. You know <laughs> there's a weird glow around me and Fez I can't even understand.
3: Yeah, there's a nice filter on there,
1: yeah, I guess it's a filter gimmick it's uh It's almost like blue is the warmest color. the male edition. um
2: I know I look better in a haze. that's for sure.
1: You've been in a haze for a long, long time, dude. uh James, you're on the run of Fez
5: show Hey, I'm looking at the new app, and um it says the name of the show is eight six six one zero Fez. Which is going to be
2: easy to remember because that's the number two, right?
1: Um, so, where is this up at
2: Fez? Uh, this uh, this is on the SiriusXM app. So, we
1: put that up in the wrong place?
7: I have 866 Ron Zero Fez and Ron Fez Live on my end.
1: We'll look into it, um, my friend. Uh, Philip, you're on the Ron Fez show. Philip, hey. go ahead, buddy. Philip Ron. Yeah.
6: Uh, I think I'm really going to love your new show. I love the uh, the personalities you put together for this. Shelby is going to be great.
1: I guarantee you this. This will be a meltdown show. Like we said, we wanted to come over here and do a lot of comedy and get away from weird backstage reality. Uh, this show will be the meltdown show, and this picture will be, become historic as
3: the before picture. This is what they show at the beginning of behind the music. Like well remember that no you know, what, you know what it
1: actually is? Remember on every new soprano season you were trying to figure out who wasn't going to make it through the season because of the weird pose? And one of us looks like they're shooting themselves in the face. <laughs> Now, the weird thing is that person should actually have a gun up to my head. The, by, by the way, you three guys are using fingers instead of guns, which is really fucking embarrassing. I thought it was cool. Um, all right, so here's what I'm understanding uh, from the folks at the IBank. And we've up server juice four times for this. This is the Ron and Fez show is the most interactive show uh, on the radio. Um. They're trying to hold it together now with everybody going over to see this dumb stuff, but they're already telling me we want to uh, up the server juice again. And I'm like, I don't want to pay, you know, drudge server money. That's crazy. <laughs> Not that HuffPo. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe what I should do is start to assign numbers to the listeners so only a few of you can check in uh, at a time. Um, here's Bill in Boston. You're on The Run and Fez Show.
5: Ron and Fez, welcome to Raw
6: Dog. How are you loving it?
1: Right now, uh, we have still got a weird thing, uh, before. There's a weird angle going on with all of us. There is a weird doom thing that was supposed to be just the exact opposite. I'm at the point right now, I think the only person I can say is safe on the new show is Shelby. Because you were already off the air on the other station for being a creep and a weirdo.
3: So I think that you're going to at least keep an eye on yourself. You know, keep myself in check. Watch yeah. every word like a hawk.
1: Um, everyone else, I think, is in the mix that could or could not stay. Um, some people don't want to stay, and some people, no matter how bad they want to, it'll, it'll work its way out. The truth will be discovered. Uh, here's Gary in Virginia. You're on the Run of fish show.
6: Uh, Ron, sounds good to have you back on the radio. I, Thank I, you. I'd like to explain real quick to the new fish what's going on. What we have here is uh, Ron, the greatest entertainment guy on the radio, best interviewer. Shelby, a little quirky but a funny dude. Fez, extremely funny when he decides to talk. And Pepper Hicks, a raging alcoholic and a drug addict.
1: Um, oh. that I mean, that's shorthand for where we all are. It's actually uh, worse than that, but it's not a bad place to start. Um, here's uh, Steve in Tampa. You're on the run of Fez show.
6: i be with going on. Man? Yeah. Good to hear you back. Hey, I'm, a, uh, I'm a loyal listener, man, and I work night shift, and uh, I always listen to the replay. I had to wake up today to listen to the to the first show live, but uh, I want to know about uh, the replay. If you're playing at night. There,
1: there will not be a replay uh, on this uh, channel. We have been... Um, what we have to do is bring Chris Stanley's workload down to so much that we're going to get it into biteable bits. As you heard... In the opening song today, which, Fez, nobody was in this fucking studio, uh, even though we had it for plenty of time before the show. And when that thing started with the wrong song, I looked over to you to see. guess what? What? A blank stare, as if you don't hear the wrong song being fucking played yourself. Um... I'll read off some of the things that are possible, possible, to win the big prize we're giving away for the caption contest.
2: Chasing Amy on DVD, signed by Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and Jason Lee. Um,
1: let's, uh, I'll just read off a couple of these that people sent in. A Centaur, Two Queens, and Mr. B. The Day Pepper Lost His Legs. The Four Horsemen of J.C. Penny, Ron Bennington and the Retard Mafia. Oh my God, I said Farrah, not Fez. The Fortress of Solid Dudes. Three Doctors and someone way eager to get his prostate checked. Uh, Point to where you want the cock. Putting the special into special agents. Why I'm in Mr. Plaid Bennington crossing the unaware Pepper looks like he's posing uh, For an emo album And poo poo My cock 866 uh, Ron Zero Fez 866 Ron Zero Fez uh, Billy you're on the Ron of Fez show
5: Oh buddy Hey buddy How are you guys doing, man? It's good to hear you
1: guys. It was the longest three weeks ever. We did have a hell of a long time uh, for Christmas vacation. As a matter of fact, most people do time less than what our Christmas vacation was. But it was not enough time to to get this thing together. It was not enough time uh, to pull it off. And that's incredibly... Incredibly embarrassing to me. Um, Andy, Shaolin, you're on the Run and Fez show.
6: Gentlemen, I want to welcome you to Raw Dog. Yeah. And I just want to say I think you made a mistake in hiring Shelby and ONA Live.
1: Uh, it's ONA Live. Uh, you, you're not a Shelby fan at all. Oh, no, he just want a way to hear himself.
3: Um, I don't. Appreciate you calling in, Dad. I mean we could just handle this off the air.
2: That may but. have been the HR department.
3: Uh Ron and Virginia, you're
1: on the run of Fed show. Whoa. Great call, dude. Uh look who it is and I'll introduce her to the brand new listeners here. Uh, It's Janice in Chicago. Hey, Janice.
3: Hello. How are you guys? Happy New Year. Happy Epiphany. (laughs) And welcome back, Shelby. I'm so happy you're back. Thank you. And and I've got to say, it's a BET sitcom I'd watch in a second.
1: (laughs) So strange, isn't it?
3: (laughs) I love it.
5: And can I say, I'm sorry, Tom, but I'm so glad the Packers lost.
1: (laughs) So you're just... uh, uh, it's like I don't want the Saints to go on and lose now, but I know a lot of people get that way. But I would rather lose to the team that that ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, we oh, will absolutely. get into some yeah. We will get into some football talk uh, later on this morning with uh, Jim Florentine. Um, but Janice, it's great to hear from you, darling,
3: and uh, glad to hear you back. <laughs> and I love you guys.
1: Okay, love you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, why don't we do this? We why don't we get this thing together? We'll take a break here, and we'll be right back. I want to talk about um, a lot of stuff that's going on, uh, including this weird story about Aaron Rodgers, uh, that they were saying that he was gay. It was actually a website called Queerty, and Aaron Rodgers actually had to comment on this. Before, And what uh, amazes me is you can't say I'm not gay without sounding like the gayest person who's ever lived. Like if I said to you guys, hey, Shelby's gay, that's going to be stuck in your head even if you say, My, no, I know he's nice, I saw him with a girl before, but you're like, he does seem kind of gay. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that happens to everybody that gets pointed out as gay. You'll just now be able to picture... If I said to you, I think Obama had a gay experience, you would lean towards yes quicker than you would no. And, it has to, and, and it's because there's no way of, of saying I'm not gay without sounding gay. Uh, when we get back, we'll listen to Aaron Rodgers sounding incredibly gay, telling people he's not gay. It's the Ron and Fez show.
7: Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Sirius
6: XM Comedy Hits Channel 99. Ron and Fez
4: on Raw Dog. Serious XM, XM Comedy Hits Channel
6: 99.
5: <laughs>
1: It's the Ron and Fez Show Back 866-RON-0-FEZ 866-RON-0-FEZ If you were just tuning in And going, who the hell are these guys Up here on Raw Dog uh, You'll get used to us And then you're going to say And then I look forward to it. Because I've been doing this a long time, and I know the initial feeling is, man, this is the most unprepared, fucked-up show ever. But after a point, you get to the point where you're saying, oh, isn't this funny? This is a fucked-up, unprepared show. Uh, I went in and talked to Chris Stanley, and he's doing the whole big sweat, I'm sick, I don't know, you know, I'm staggering from foot to foot thing. Uh, Fez, you guys didn't even work out the,
2: uh, bumper music at all? No, that was worked out. We sat down, me and Chris Stanley and Shelby, and we worked all that out today. So I don't know why there's questions later on.
1: Uh, our hotline is, uh, ringing, uh, and let's have somebody answer it in there. Uh, here's Matt in Astoria. Hey, Matt.
6: Roddy B. Hey buddy. B A one two one four my man. Oh,
1: that's old school. Hoo-ah! And we'll explain that sometime. Go ahead.
4: Hell yeah it is. Just got back from an eighteen month tour in Afghanistan. Wanted to welcome you guys back. Had to ask my brother what station you guys were on.
1: Well, you didn't see the big press release that went out?
4: I don't read press releases.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> neither neither does anybody down the hall. Um
4: I wanted to tell Chris Stanley that uh, I, I just uh, moved back into his story, and I just tried out a great sandwich place, uh, Il Bambino. You guys should check it out.
1: Il Bambino. Sandwiches. We're writing that down. Paninis. Uh, so far, here's what I consider the lead in the caption contest. Everyone who wants to sabotage the new show, make your hands into the shape of a gun. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Meet in Atlanta. You're on the of Fez show meet whoops let's try again go ahead meet
6: hey what's up fellas
1: Hello. what can we all? do for you
6: what the fuck hello you're on
1: the air dude
6: alright what's going on fellas man I'm fucking woke up at this shit man after waiting two weeks you know waiting for the six to come to hear you guys I know Fez gonna be off the fucking wall man uh, just wanted you guys to fucking you know we're gonna kick ass together over here on broad dog man
1: Mate, I have to tell you, this may be the best call I got today. This is exactly what I needed. This is like when the 49ers uh, went out and brought in the Nature Boy to talk to them before the game. Um, That's the kind of pump-up that we need. Um, Here's uh, Jason in California. You're on the Ron Fez show.
5: Ronnie B., what's happening? Yeah. Hey, uh, just say to get Shelby in the building, you are a true hero to all of us. And uh, to the Green Bay fan who called the person Kaepernick, you know, they shouldn't have put him up for adoption. That, that's why we got him in here in California.
1: Uh, you're a Niners fan? Oh, you're gone already. Um, Johnny in Corny Island, you're on the Run-A-Fez show.
6: Bodies. Hey, buddy. Broad Dog card holder number one, check it in. See See ya. T-
1: uh, Jordan and Charleston, you're on the Runa Fed show.
5: Hey, guys. It is so awesome that you guys are on Dog right now. I just want to let you know, I, I was forced to listen to, uh, Howard because I didn't get, like, the O&A package. I don't know how that all works, but... I never know am a little how, nervous, so yeah. I just want to say you guys are awesome.
1: Thank you very much. I never know how the packaging thing works either. Johnny Mac had to explain to us, uh, even though I've been here for years, oh, no, not everyone who gets serious... Could get you, and I said why, and he goes because you were on XM, and I'm like, didn't the two companies go to come together? And he said, yeah, except for you guys.
3: I'm still I'm still understanding it. It's like a three month training course. I'm on month two. We're getting there though.
1: I'm just waiting yeah. to see when you fuck up, when you say something so bad, so annoying that they all turn on you, um, and then I'll and then I'll get blamed for backing you up. Um, Look who it is, from the Hard Rock Cafe, the man who puts the heart in the rock, uh, our own Hard Rock Johnny.
5: Johnny. Long-time listener, first-time caller for Raw Dog.
1: It's great to get the chance to talk to new people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of old news, I know, it's tough. I love it that we're setting the bar low, as low as we possibly can. That tomorrow the bosses are bound to say, "Hey, that sounds better."
5: I yeah. tell you, the guy's meat was a great call. I was a little meat worried about is, following meat. Meat's my new favorite guy. <laughs> it's a great name, by the way, too.
1: Um, yeah, I don't even know if it's two e's or an m and or an e and an a. I think there oh, might be an, an
3: ampersand in there somewhere.
5: I'm guessing meat. So, what's up with you, Johnny? How's your new year? My new year is good so far. Back to work, got to hear my friends on the radio. Couldn't ask for anything more.
1: Johnny, you're a football fan, and this is the best week in football.
5: I tell you, the playoff, the, play the wildcard games were great, and now these divisional games should be pretty amazing as well. I think that it's the uh, second round, it seems to always be the best for some reason. And, um,
1: well, and, now and, you've uh, only, you, know, you only have the teams left that have a real shot at this, and they can all smell it from this point. You know what I mean? They know they are two games from the Super Bowl, and you get wall-to-wall games, I mean, all weekend long. Even this weekend, three out of the four games were fantastic, you know, really, really tense. Uh, yeah. Next week, I think, is going to even be more. And tonight, I know you're not a college fan, but you got the college
5: game. Oh, I'll be I'll be watching that game. I, I watched a ton of college games over the the course of the Yeah, uh, Rutgers. I mean, that's no, not really <laughs> No, in fact, I, I had a problem because my the two teams that I actually like played each other the other night. They the I'm I'm a Clemson and Ohio State guy. How does that's that even the, happen? <laughs> it's weird. Um my father used to lecture at Clemson all the time when I was a kid and he'd come back with Clemson jerseys and all kinds of stuff. So I, I ended up liking Clemson. It's a weird because there's no, you know, Rutgers is, you know, not a prolific college football program. So, so I like Clemson. I always liked Ohio State. It might be that the, uh, the Buckeye looks like a pot leaf. I don't know. Um, so those two played which was a tremendous game watching two great quarterbacks. I can't know. give a shit about any game
1: that isn't the championship. I can't sit there and worry who's going to finish number 7.
5: I don't look at it as where they're going to finish. I just look at it as a game. You know, it's it's uh you know because with that logic you wouldn't care about the playoff rounds in football. You just want to see the Super Bowl. So I, I think that it's you know I I just like watching a good game and that was two great quarterbacks who were probably going to be playing in the NFL for quite a while now, looking at some of these new systems that everyone's running.
1: Alright, Johnny, good to talk to you, my friend. All Thanks right, for boys. checking in with us. See ya. Peace. Uh, coming up a little later on, we will talk a little football with the one and only Jim Florentine, who is the first of many comics who's going to come by and do the show with us. One of the things that we want to do here uh, on Raw, Doug, is to set it up where we can just get tons of great comics to stop in, talk about what they're up to. Um, I want to bring them in, all into the wrong music, wrong actualities. I want to have posts with the wrong dates that they're playing. I want to give out the wrong times for their specials. I just want, really want to own Clusterfuck, is what I would love to do with this show. Own it. Uh, so the other shows go, we can't even attempt to do a clusterfuck. Because those guys have basically written the book on it. Um, here's James in Ohio. You're on the Run Fez show. Yo,
6: Ronnie, what the fuck, man? This is fucking awesome. I, uh, we've got a blizzard going on here, so I uh, you know tapped out on my own radio gig to stay home and listen to you guys. And uh, the show sounds great, and the fucking website is fantastic. The new where, layout, terrific.
1: Where, thank you very much. Where do you work in uh, radio?
6: I work in Toledo.
1: Uh, and what uh, what shift do you do?
6: I'm a regional production director.
1: Uh, regional. See, yeah, what they,
6: they got me doing three jobs.
1: Yeah, it used to be in radio, you would go in and do a job, and now everyone has to do a job for multiple cities. It's That's gotten
3: negative. weird. They say the big radio markets, obviously, you know, New York, L.A., and then I think third, it's usually between Toledo and Chicago. You know, I know you.
1: I know you like to bust balls here, like you're above it all. But this is the exact thing that got you in trouble at the other show. God damn! Of not respecting the guys who came before you. And let me tell you something: you're working in Toledo. Good fucking gig, my friend. Good gig. No, I'll take it. I've done it for fifteen years now. I, I, I would be... Uh, this kid, cause he fucking feels like because if he was born on 30, he had a triple. You did not... By the way, the, the fact that you're bragging about working in on a national show, take a look at the launch of this today and tell me you're fucking going to look down a professional radio fucking person.
6: Nah, man. Leave Shelby. Leave Shelby go. I love Shelby, man. All right.
1: Because this could be the second time I throw him off the air. Um, here's uh, Brad in Buffalo. You're on the run of Fez show. Brad. Uh, Let's walk over here now to, um, John. John, you're on the run of Fez show. Lost you again. Here's John in NC. John, North Carolina, you're on the run of Fez show.
6: Hey, Ronnie Bates. Yeah. Uh, It's been almost 406 hours since you, uh, Tip to this with it. What did get you for
1: Christmas? I promise that is coming up on the show today. I got to, I'm going to put up a picture of it on the website. Normally we were going to take a picture of it in here before the start of the show but we were too busy fucking up the opening to do that. This show and by the way we own Clusterfuck um, is a little bit behind the eight ball today. And by the eight ball, I mean an eighth ounce. Um, I will... Oh, I know I wanted to get into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Aaron Rodgers was uh, out it by Queer tea Magazine so much that when he was talking with ESPN, he had to deny... <laughs> That he was gay, which is about the gayest thing that you could possibly do. Uh, so this is Aaron Rodgers, who they said uh, had an assistant that he traveled with, and that he lived with, and that also Aaron had a big mustache. So he's gay, and Aaron Rodgers had to go somewhere and say that he's not gay. Take a listen to this.
7: There isn't a whole lot of separation from your public and private life, and. Um you know you always have to be on at times and and occasionally people get uh, upset if there's uh, if you you know you say no to a picture when you're eating dinner or something and that's that's kind of the the hard part or if you get you know crazy rumors that that, uh, that swirl around you from time to time that are uh, just silly
4: I have no idea what you could be referring to yeah. Oh you mean the Aaron Rodgers is gay story
7: Yeah Oh, well, you know what? So you're
4: aware that you saw this out there?
7: Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm I'm not gay. I really, really like women. Um, That's all I can say about that. Plenty, Aaron. You've done it.
3: We're all, uh, we're all, you're good, you're good. You're uh, straight as an arrow. But if you get... but, But see, I see that you're
1: being facetious about that, but what else is he supposed to say? He's not gay. He's not gay. How does he say to himself, I can fucking pull this off?
3: It's not like oh I uh, I don't play golf or you know it's not something like that. It's like their whole inner psyche. He doesn't know what to say. Well, really.
1: there's an old fucking story that you if you said did you stop beating your wife is a question that once that you get asked that there's no real answer to this. If someone says to you, "Are you gay?", you either sound like a closeted gay or a redneck homophobe by denying
3: it so I gotta hard. jump on these rumors now. Right.
1: And you're basically saying gayness makes me s- sick. Let's go to our own Fez Watley. Fez, what do you think of this?
2: I have some very strong thoughts on this, and I've put them in a fez Aaron Rodgers is denying rumors that he's gay. He's calling it a pack of lies. I'm calling time out for a -a phasitorial. Well, well, well. Aaron Rodgers is telling everyone he's not gay. And I haven't been this disappointed in a GBQB since that time I found out that Lynn Dickey's middle name should be small. Aaron says he really, really likes women. That's not something you say when you're straight. I really, really like something is what you say when you really, really don't like something. Aaron, you're not eating. Is something wrong with dinner? No, I really, really like your taco salad. Aaron, didn't you enjoy the film? Oh, yes. I really, really like Chris Catan movies. Aaron... Get the point. By the way, I really, really like exercise and reading. But of course, you're not gay, Aaron. You just needed a roommate. After all, you really have to cut corners when living off a guaranteed $54 million of a $110 million contract. Especially with apartments in Wisconsin going for what? One? Two hundred dollars a month? Aaron, the pictures of you online with your twink boyfriend were adorable. No one is going to judge you about this. Well, maybe if we found out that you're the one bottoming for this Orlando Bloom lookalike. But other than that, no one has a problem. This all reminds me of growing up in Pinellas Park, Florida. Home of our own cheese heads, which was a men's hygiene problem that the entire town suffered from. But it was there that I recall a similar situation. I remember mother tutoring our local handyman and high school quarterback named Bobo. After being left back, he was the greatest 34-year-old high school QB in Florida history. I remember late night study sessions and all the talk of cheating and how mother was going to give him an A. He really wanted the A and was going to get it no matter what. Wait a minute. Okay, the rumors about cheating had nothing to do with school, and the A was just her ass. Well, great. Anywho, Aaron Rodgers, come out already. You've got your ring. Nobody doubts you. The only thing anyone doubts is that you're straight with that mustache. Once you're out, we'll all be Packer backers, and together we will say, we're here, we're queer, we will not disappear. This has been my fazitorial. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Fezzy, for that very gruff-sounding book on tape. Uh, Tony in Illinois.
6: Oh, my God. How do you follow a fezitorial? I love it. Ron, I love the show. You sound like a million bucks. It's a quarterback gay rumor thing. It's been (coughs) the running gag for like 20 years. I remember them with Troy Aikman when he was uh, hot. You know, oh, he's gay, he's gay. Then Brett Favre, he starts winning. He's gay, he's gay. The fact that he even had to address this is just ridiculous. He's not gay. He's probably just got a little
1: secret. See you. you. Um, Here's Steve in New York. You're on the Run and Fez show.
6: Hey, I just uh, think you were dead on before with the phrase you were looking for. You cannot unring the bell. And I think he's going to follow him the rest of his career now. Like, Tom Cruise can't go anywhere.
1: Well, the thing is with Aaron Rodgers, it did not help that when he got accused of being gay, he had a big, thick mustache and then immediately shaved it off. You know what I mean? It looked like the biggest cover-up ever. Ever. Um, but I'll give you another example. I'm listening to O&A today, and they were talking about Double Dick Guy that got so famous on Reddit. Uh, and Double Dick Guy, they said, does that make you gay? And I immediately went, he has two dicks? Yeah. That's gay. That's because your dick is now close to another dick. And I hadn't thought about it, but as as soon as ONA made this uh, accusation, I was on board in a heartbeat.
3: You can't, you know, you gotta get some sort of barricade for that. You can get a reputation to protect. Did you see Double Dick Guy
1: over the weekend? Did you see him, Fez? I haven't seen this yet. Uh, well, let's get it up on the iBang. Um... Double dick guy is a guy with two uh, working penises. Uh, basically, I'm now calling it the Aaron Rodgers syndrome. You can't get around the fact that it's incredibly... It's something that you would expect out of an Aaron Rodgers. One,
3: it is kind of like an Aaron Rodgers in that he has like a less functioning backup. Like one of them <laughs> works better than the other one.
1: Um... There's the picture of him. He went and did an Ask Me Anything, and he's got two penises. Uh, Yeah, one's looking this way, one's looking this way. So what? But is that now not the most gayest thing you've ever heard?
7: They rub against each other. It's gay. It's gay. Does he only have two nuts, or he's got fucking four? Okay, he's got two nuts, two penises that both work, but he says he likes his right penis better because it gets harder. The left penis only gets really hard sometimes.
1: Well, the left penis is going to be filled with runoff. You know what I mean?
7: And when he, when he ejaculates, it'll come out strong out of the right one and <laughs> dribble out of the left. That makes sense to me. He's totally bisexual, though. He has a boyfriend and a girlfriend.
1: All right, so they I mean, were completely
7: right. Yeah, and my favorite thing was, he's, like over the years, he would say, um, if he showed it to any girl, some girls would say, that's disgusting, you're a freak, I'm not going to touch that. Any dude he showed it to... They always went for it. Any, any gay guy that saw it wanted it.
1: Because we don't get fucking weirded out. Because <laughs> weird is good to us.
7: I knew that you would be all over this creep story, Chris. Oh, yeah, I love it. I Because at first, he didn't do an AMA. First, was some guy who like, ran a gay Tumblr. This guy would send his pictures to the gay Tumblr. And the guy who ran that Tumblr posted on Reddit, Hey, I found this guy who has two dicks. And that got so popular that the two dick guy got an AMA out of it. And they shut down his Twitter account, though. Why? Because of his two dicks, it's discrimination. Because he doesn't want to show his face, so he's got to show, the, you know, the package, the two dicks.
1: Oh, so just any dicks would be shut down. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's not discrimination. They're just saying you can't show any dicks. And he's and he was wrong twice. This is why I think this is interesting, because what could be what could feel better? Just picture it this way: while you were getting your dick sucked, right? Yeah. You also got your dick sucked. <laughs> that would fucking feel amazing.
3: Jeez, I mean, I, this whole time I've been just bragging about, about one my dick? one dick. I'm <laughs> just looking like an asshole Ed. now. You do. You look like a moron going all I over too. town. You post yours
2: on Reddit,
1: like. Um, you know how, like, guys get jealous if they found out that their girlfriend used to fuck a big dick guy and they asked too many questions? So she's like, so what? It was a big dick. Who cared? You know? Yes, it was a giant dick he fucked me with. This is better. Could you imagine how many questions you would be asking about double dick guy? It would never, you'd be, you'd ask her questions during Thanksgiving
3: dinner in front of her mom. I'm waiting for next week. That it turns out that lady from Total Recall with the three boobs—that's real. Like anything is possible at this point.
1: But this goes to show that X Men are taking over.
7: This guy's a miracle man. Yeah, he's had all of his like best sexual experiences it was with like two dudes and two chicks. Like he was just getting used. Like this guy really likes like rough gay sex. Sure, of course he
1: does. He's a fucking freak of nature. And he likes. He's, put- he's not going to have a. He's not going to meet a nice fucking girl from. Uh, from the suburbs, that's not his thing. I had the pictures up on the iBank. Um, Reddit's double dick dude instantly famous. By the way, not safe for work. But I can't imagine the job that would complain about this.
7: No, everyone wants to see a man with legitimate two dicks. Like uh, when I first saw, I was like, this guy has to be a troll. This can't be real. But then he started getting all these details, and the guy kept sending more pictures. Like, this is for real. This guy's two dicks. At first, it looked like cow udders to me. He really should circumcise.
2: Well,
1: I think that would clean up everything. You're not ever allowed to say that to a person, though. Don't touch that. That's considered dicks. one of the rudest things that you can say. Really? To yeah. Yeah. You can't tell somebody to circumcise.
3: And that is, like, the tough aspect of being gay. Like, you do not know what you're going to get. When you open that up, when you take them, well, home.
1: that's like every fucking woman. Every woman has to put up with the fact of I don't know whether this guy's got a fucking freak dick.
3: Yeah, she's a great. Well, the
1: vagina, you know what you're expecting there, yeah. but the you're getting all kinds of weirdness when you
3: open open up the penis door. Yeah, great, it's aardvark dick. You know, you knew the rules of the game when you got into him, Cheryl. You yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Um, here's um. Here's
1: Jerry in Kansas You're on the run and Fed show Jerry Once, twice Lost you, bro um, Here's uh, John in Texas You're on the run and Fed show
6: Hey there, Ron I just want to say Everybody's sounding good this morning uh, Glad to hear that you guys are over here now um, I was just wondering, Ron uh, Talking about fuck sticks Have you introduced everybody to uh, Pepper Keat over there?
1: Uh, We've never really jumped into the Pepper. Pepper uh, is another nickname for Chris Stanley. And he's just wiping sweat off of himself. He, for whatever reason, he and Fez could not pull together the the production and the imaging for the new show. I actually bitched to these guys about it three weeks ago. And then they both went off and did what they wanted to do. I'm going to be in a meeting with the bosses after the fucking show today. Um, but nobody should be covered on that one. No one deserves to be covered uh, on that one. Um, hey, uh, Nervous Jarrett, you're on the Run and Fez show.
3: Hey, how you guys doing?
1: Yeah.
6: You're talking about, well, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations on the move.
4: Love hearing you guys. Going to yeah. be tuning in for the uh, high noon clusterfuck every day that I can. Good. Um, This guy... What the fuck is going on with that two dicks, huh? Like you're saying he's
6: dribbling. It's like when he goes to the
4: bathroom, how, is he like having to hold one of them up like a like a gas siphon so he's not leaking all over
7: the toilet seat?
1: All I would want to do is helicopter, double fucking prong helicopter.
7: He has to hold both dicks.
1: Uh, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show.
7: Ronnie B, what up?
5: Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm just wondering, does uh, Fez still have his gay shirt on? Um, no,
1: and no payoff. And here's why. None whatsoever. He just went and put on a new shirt in the new year. Zero payoff for it. Um, All right, we want to remind people, uh, our boss wants us to get involved in social media. And we were supposed to plug this the entire show. We haven't. We have decided to go along. Uh, brand new website that we have called the Ron and Fez Show.com. The Ron and Fez Show.com.
3: Shelby, are you putting that up? Yes, the Ron and it's a full word and oh, Fez yeah. Show.com. Well, that's the way we do everything, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: on Twitter, we are going to be Ron and Fez SXM on Twitter. Now with that, I'll be showing pictures of the appetizers from restaurants that I go out to. Uh pictures of my dog wearing funny snow boots. And uh I'll be one of those people. Look at these scallops. Don't eat it. I gotta
3: take a quick snap.
1: Yeah, I want to take a picture of this before I do it. Uh and then on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash pages, the Ron and Fez show. Uh, the website the run and fez show dot com the Ron and fez show dot com um this got sent over to us uh, from Otto and George Van quiz sound great on the radio love it love to have Otto and George in we'll get in touch with both of those guys immediately and then maybe we can all sound like we're Van cuz that day cuz nobody can look up and and see us. Uh, coming up on the show later this week, um, Jillian Jacobs from Community, the comedian Paul Morrissey, William H. Macy, Jeffrey Gurion, who's going to be somewhat of a comedy man about town for us, Colin Quinn, Big J. Okerson, Seth Herzog, who does what for Jimmy Fallon?
3: He's like uh, one of his go-to sketch guys, like a writer, but then he'll come out for different songs, do characters. And he's been there since the beginning. Five years now. And
1: Michael Ian Black, uh, they're in a brand new show, Seth and Michael Ian Black, called Ducks Quacks Don't Uh, Echo. That's going to be on National Geographic. Um, All that stuff coming up and more. Uh, I'm going to take a break here when I get back, and I guess I'm going to finally talk about the Christmas present from uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, As much as I don't want to, I did promise uh, I would do this, so um, I'm going to do it. Today's embarrassment day for Ron Bennington. I get the bad picture up the weird production stuff went on, and now I'm going to admit the humiliating Christmas present, where A, I felt somewhat like Aaron Rodgers, like how do I get out of this? And B, I oddly felt like I had an extra dick. So it's almost like I was double
3: dick guy myself. Getting double dicked if you felt like Aaron Rodgers. That's even worse.
2: This
1: Dick. I'm sorry, what was that?
2: Not if not for Aaron. He would enjoy.
1: Uh, let's break here. We'll come back, and I will reveal the embarrassing Christmas present Fez Watley gave to me. Is it three years ago, Fez, or two?
2: Three years ago now.
1: Three years ago, which I said I would never tell the story of, uh, but because... We're starting the new uh, channel over here. I said I would give this out today. And I'm actually going to want your feedback, the listeners on this, whether it should have been so odd.
3: I can't wait to see what this is. Sounds, could have been gay, just weird, too personal.
1: It's too personal. It's too weird. It's too odd. I now want to back out of it. As I'm leading up to say this, you know what I mean. What weirds me out is, as I feel like the rest of my life was a lie, a weird lie, because of this present. Could a Christmas present even do such a thing? Um,
3: send shockwaves across the comedy. I
1: might not even. I might not even. I might not even do it now. You have to now. I really don't know if I'm going to. Got your helmet and pads And I know it probably sounds like, oh, look at him carny this up. No. I'm nothing but totally honest with you today. I'm totally honest that Chris Stanley ripped my fucking heart out today. I'm totally honest that Fez Watley weirds me out on a daily fucking basis. Today even stranger and that gruff, weird, 20-year-old Fezitorial that he did was odd as hell. But... And Shelby, I think, is a creep. I'm going to even be honest when I say that I think the new new intern is too attractive. And I worry about that around here. Could be a problem. I got to create a safe zone for her. But when I get back, I will talk about the new Christmas present or the Christmas present that I got three years ago. Um, It's the Renfest Show. on Raw Dog. Raw
6: Dog. Sirius XM.
7: Comedy. It's Channel
8: 99. Ron and Vets
7: on Raw Dog. Sirius, Sirius XM, XM. Comedy. It's Channel 99.
0: <laughs> green salad up, green salad down.
2: Left Last gunshot, gotta tell the crown. Green salad up, green
3: salad down. Left on gunshot.
1: Chris Stanley, what are these songs that you're bringing the Ronettes Fez show back with? Not one has been agreed to. Going for like a '90s. Old you were not supposed to go with something. You were supposed to get it approved. I you're it approved. off the fucking rails, dude. Yeah, I am. You're off the rails. And Fez just went in to talk to you. Johnny Mac already says he doesn't want to hear these kind of songs. You don't fucking listen. I got to walk into that goddamn meeting after the show today. You have gone away, dude. You've gone away. I don't know what everyone's bottom is, but this has got to be yours. Um, At least in terms of working here. Even while you're taking shit for this, this is still happening. Um, Send me in the two new interns, or one new intern and the returning. Uh, Vito is back t- to do uh, another time with us. Vito, welcome back. Thank you. Ron. Uh, terrible job setting up the studio today. Just maddeningly uh, bad. But tell us who the new intern is. This is. You haven't Maurice. learned her, You haven't learned her uh, name yet. Do you know that you're supposed to be head of the interns? I know. I've been, I've been taking her around. I've been showing her things. I've been showing her computers. What is your name, darling? Norris. East. Norris. East. Um, how's Vito been doing with you so far?
0: He's been doing good so far. He's been teaching me around everything.
1: Where, where, where do you go to school? Brooklyn?
0: Brooklyn College.
1: Are you a New York girl originally? Yeah, Queens. You've got a very exotic look, and I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. You're far too attractive for this place. So... I need you to know something. This is a safe zone. Okay? (laughs) Okay. This is a safe zone. You can go in and tell your parents, Mr. Bennington's keeping an eye on me. He's already warned me I'm too attractive for this place, but he's making this into a total safe zone. So the second anyone says anything inappropriate or weird to you, you come to me and I'll break their thumbs. Alright, <laughs> all, right. all right. so consider it like you just had an uncle who just recently got out of jail and maybe he's going too far to be protective, that's going to be Mayfield. So I come to you. Now, the, the name Noris. Norice. Where does that come from? What is the... I'm
0: Hispanic, I'm Dominican.
1: I'd never heard that name before in my life.
0: I know, it was my mom's sister's name who passed away, so she gave it to me.
1: Beautiful name. Again, if... You ever hear these guys say, like, it would be nice to be with Nuria? Come to me, and I'll break their thumbs. You know what? You live with your mom still? Yeah. I want you go home and say to yourself... That this white guy wants to be my Dominican uncle, <laughs> he's going to be my Dominican uncle looking out for me. Safe zone. Do you understand that too, Vito? I understand. By the way, why do you look so sweaty and weird and unkempt today? I think I look great. You look haggard. You there is. Do you don't see the sheen of a sweat over you? No, I'm just. I think you know what. Maybe I'm just greasy. Well, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Did you shower this morning? Yeah, I showered this morning. I had a nice shower. In what grease? In like Crisco? No, like in water and like irish spring soap when did you shower the 1970s i love irish spring it's like it's green and like i rub it all over myself and it's not like,
5: making a dent it's it's i smelled
1: fantastic if you guys want to smell me no i don't i know i don't look like i smell good but you look like fish oil like someone put a, a t-shirt on fish oil by the way how's that tied in with wrestling that t-shirt today yeah is it? Yeah, it is. Who is it? CM Punk. And he wears uh, an arrow? Is it like an arrow? No, he's
6: straight edge, so that's what the X is for.
1: Okay, you straight edge too? No, not at all. Okay. Safe zone around her. I know. Do you good. understand? And here's what I want you to be when you're in these halls or in yeah. these other creepy weird interns. You're my eyes and ears. I'll punch anybody in the face. Well, don't punch but until you check with me first, because okay. a lot of times you overreact. Okay. But I want this. What is your goal in radio?
0: I want to be either a TV host or a radio host.
1: You're going to be a TV host. You're too pretty for radio. Shelby's also pretty, don't you think? He's got pretty eyes. He's got really nice eyes. Beautiful eyes. Yeah, he's got gorgeous eyes. Then the rest of them gets oddly creepy. Now, (laughs) even though you two are probably around the same age, no dating because he works here full time. Got it. And he also likes boys. So (laughs) Um, that's the two things (laughs) that won't work out. Allegedly. No, it's not a legend. It's documented. You went to Fez on Thanksgiving uh, dinner, and you two—yeah, you two, yeah, two rub bellies together in front of his mom.
2: And then I read it on Queerty.
1: Really coming back to bite me? Yes. Well, Fez also came back to bite me. Yes, <laughs> and that was a part of the fun. All right, I will get around and say what the weird Christmas present was, and I'm going to let all you guys decide whether I'm overreacting with this or whether it makes sense. Um, I don't know whether I can even tell this story because it made me feel... Like, did you guys see Sixth Sense? Uh, the fucking movie? Yeah. No. With Bruce Willis? I
5: didn't
1: see it. Well, I don't want to put like your little fingers in your ear so you don't hear the spoiler. But at a certain point, he found out that his reality... And then he went back and started thinking piece by piece. Oh, yeah, that's when I should have realized I was dead. Or none of those people knew that I was dead before. Um, okay, I'm going to tell the story. Uh, I go back with Fez Wiley, my longtime radio partner, long before we started doing radio. I had just started doing stand-up comedy in Florida. And I had picked up a gig as the MC of a club. I'd only been doing this a couple of months. And you know, when, uh, Shelby, you know, because you're like a young comic, do you know, like, when you get that MC gig, then you're like, wait, I got enough money now? Because back then it would be like a few hundred bucks a weekend. Yeah. And then you're like, if I book one or two other gigs, I can quit my day job. So it was immediately, I'd started doing comedy. Three, four months later, I got this gig, and I'm like, I guess I'm a professional now. I don't have to work at a day job. So it was like a very fun time for me. And uh, Fez came in with a group of people, uh, a girl with very large breasts, a midget, a couple other weirdos along with it. They were a weird table. And they came in and they were like great laughers. And then after the show, uh, they bought me a bunch of drinks. And I was a practicing alcoholic for most of my life. So this was like a very nice thing. I'm gonna sit and have drinks, blah, blah, blah. Now, as I said, there's a midget at the table and also a girl with ridiculously large breasts. So I don't pay attention to the guys. Even now, I only see you. I don't see the guys in the room. <laughs> um, but they kept coming back, and about a month later, Fez tried his you know first open mic thing. Uh, and it was funny. So years go by. I get a gig in radio. Fez calls me up. Hey, I've got a degree in radio. Could I come in? And so I'd bring him in, and then he would hang out for a while. He started, you know, writing a couple little things, and then he got into radio on our show. He became a a phone screener, producer. And then finally, when that show ended, Fez and I started doing radio together, and we came to New York. And I'm now, by the way, I've just jumped ahead 20-some years. I mean, if this was a movie, like there would be calendars going by and seasons changing and like news things going down. And at certain points, Fez and I got, you know, very uh, in comfortable as friends, uh, not just coworkers, but as buddies. And then he started to hang around my house and really became like an uncle to my children. When people go, what is your relationship with Fez like? It's very unlike people who work together and more like people who were born into the same family or whatever. At least the way that I started taking it. And that's why I put up with Days Like Today and the weird no payoff stuff that you would not like. Obviously, I'm not putting up with that with Hicks. But in the case of Fez... I just go, well, what am I going to do? That's a relative to me. Um, Three years ago, it's Christmas. And Fez comes over to my house, as he always does for Christmas. The kids are there. They all exchange gifts back and forth. They've been doing this since they were all really, really little. Fez gives me a present. Um... I've since sent that over to the i so it will be going up on the i And I open it up. I open up this present. I don't really know what it is. And it's like a little frame. And in it is a pack of matches. And I look at the matches, and they're from this little club in a mall. And he goes, I've saved these matches since the night we met. <laughs> And I was... I, I Again, it's like if, if, if I could have dropped them in slow motion and watched them shatter on the ground and then realize, oh my God, the relationship that I thought me and this guy had together all these years is not the relationship. Who does that? Who would say... I've saved the matches from the night we met. Hicks, would you be able to handle
7: that? that stalker, that's, that's stalker shit. Is that, that's, that's crazy. That's
1: really, really. There's the picture of a very old pack of matches. The night we met. That apparently he's kept taped to his balls all these years.
3: Now, Shelby, do you find it overly weird? Yeah, this. so you're saying this wasn't the first time we did radio together. This was- No,
1: this is the first night we met, and that's what he said. That's from the night we met. I can't speak. I'm so weirded out by this. And I'm not making this up. I go, and I put this little thing on the bookshelf, right? And have it, touched it
3: for three years. <laughs> Because I don't wanna know what does that mean. So you probably thought, I'm never gonna even see this guy again like after that night.
1: No, there was no reason to think as I said, he wasn't the focus of that thing. There was a girl with large breasts and a midget chick. You know what I mean? Like there was all kinds of like where I I even had in my mind, I bet I'm gonna end up with the two well, with big tits and a midget friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I figured that's where this was going. All I gotta do is get rid of her weird friends. And even now, he doesn't speak. What kind of man meets another man and then saves a pack of matches for 20-some years and then puts those matches in a frame and hands it to him to me saying, oh, by the way, I know that you think that we're radio partners. I know that you think that we're brothers. But I jerked off to you the first night we met. (laughs) That's how I feel.
2: Now... People have to understand my night that night. I was very interested in comedy and all of that, and I had just met a real working comedian.
3: Oh, my God.
2: One that was actually willing to come over to the table. And drink. And drink, yes.
3: They never do that (laughs) in clubs. It's unheard of.
2: Well, you know, I had seen comedians on television. I always loved them. And here's one who was sitting at my table having a conversation with me. I immediately... It's not like you knew me from The Tonight Show. I live blocks from you. It might as well have been. We were in a mall
1: in a a bar that was doing so bad that on the weekends they tried to make extra money by doing comedy. He did a meet and greet. (laughs) Yes, right. It wasn't like, oh, I got to meet Louis C.K. Okay, It was almost like you got to
3: meet somebody that you went to fucking school with. To had- me,
2: it was absolutely no difference.
3: You had your merch table set up and everything, like, in the front with all, like, T-shirts and, you know, like, CDs and stuff, I'm assuming. That's why he came over. No. I had fucking <laughs> six minutes of material. Of, like, an hour, like, you were really established, that's why you felt so honored, or... And I, uh, can I
1: tell you something? I've met many listeners and I don't think they kept fucking the matches from the night
2: we met. I grabbed those matches on the way out the door and I knew I was going to hang on to them the rest of my life. And at first it was for me. I kept them and I kept them in a box where I keep things like my grandfather's watch. Just very, uh, you know, sentimental keepsakes. Yeah,
1: your hope chest. All you girls have one.
2: So I kept those, and then when I was going through it one day, just being sentimental, I saw those. Christmas was coming up, and I thought, you know what, it's been 20 years. I should share this with Ron. And it was one of my prized possessions. That's what I was thinking. I'm giving one of my most favorite things to my most favorite person in the world. And it actually, you see the frame in the picture on the bang. And I actually had to keep looking around. I couldn't find a frame tiny enough. I was looking at a keepsake box.
1: Let's get back to the thing. Who fucking meets a dude? And by the way, for 18 of the fucking 20 years or so, you told me you were straight. Oh, yeah. Who meets a dude and uh, takes the matches? And then tries to give them to them. What did you think I was going to do with those matches?
2: You know what? I thought you would be as excited to see them as I was to have them. No. And then that night, that Christmas, when you opened it and there was no reaction, none whatsoever, then I got really, yep. really uncomfortable. because was, can, I,
1: can I tell you? There was a reaction, but I swallowed it right back down when the pew hit my teeth.
2: But if I remember right, you opened it up and then you held it in your hand and just kind of stared at it for a while until you set it down. Yes. You didn't even show it to anyone else in the room. Uh Uh-oh. It just went and got sat down. I don't want
1: my kids to think I was gay.
2: Well, the whole room went silent, too. Everybody. Yeah. There was there was like no reaction from anyone. No. Well, once they, and the Fesmus was pretty much over at that point.
1: W- one of my kids um, wanted to ask me about it, but she started crying and then she said, "Who are you? <laughs> and what have you done?" <laughs> uh, um Here's cigars and scotch You're on the and Fez show. Hey
6: guys. Ron, I picture your <clears throat> the expression on your face like Shelley Long in The Shining when she's going through Jack's transcript yeah, page by page by page.
1: <laughs> because, here's the thing, it's not that it isn't sentimental, but it's sentimental in the way that you didn't think that you two were sentimental together. You know what I mean? Like, if all of a sudden your buddy started to say to you, I noticed the way that you move your nose when you're cold. And I, you know what I mean? Like, suddenly you're, you're in a weird rom-com where the guy comes running back to you. But it's almost as if you wake up at night and your sister crawled into your bed and
3: started to try to jack you off. You start talking about... It
2: felt incestuous at best.
3: How your hair looked in the moonlight or something yeah. like that.
2: I wasn't thinking incestuous. I was thinking, all right, this is one of the most remarkable people I have ever met in my sheltered life.
3: Why? Why? You thought that that night?
2: Yes, absolutely I thought it that night. I thought, all right, here's a guy that doesn't have a southern accent that I've met in Florida. It
1: wasn't that backwater there. It's Florida. (laughs) Everyone has been there. It's not like we're talking about the Appalachians, West Virginia. Everybody is from somewhere else in Florida.
2: Yeah, but I had never met... I just thought you were extremely cool, and I just thought it was one of the most remarkable, life-changing nights of my life.
1: That's too weird.
3: That's too fucking weird. And this place is called, like, Kisses, too. I'm very aware of that. It's not called improv. No,
1: it was a little fucking place that on the weekends did fucking comedy. But it was the first gig that Jeff Garland ever did. The first place that he ever did out of town. First place Brian Regan ever did out of town. Uh, Jay Leno played that little fucking place uh, in the mall. Uh, Really uh, great guys. Uh, started at this little fucking place. None of them, I guarantee you, have matches. Or were thinking about the night they met some cool guy who didn't
2: have a southern accent. Did you use any of the matches? Or it- oh, no. No, I went and put it. I took him home that night and put him away. I didn't even take extra pack packs of matches. I just wanted that one pack to remind me of that night.
3: But do you think that you were going to meet him again at some point? And, like, plan this whole gradual thing out until one day.
2: Well, I knew I would go back to the club. My friends that I went there with, that were undescribed, you know, I knew we were going to go back there again. But that was the night.
3: What made you decide to give them, them on that night? Like, maybe on, like, the move to New York, then be like, hey, we're making a really big jump here. Like, that
1: would have been even weird then. <laughs> I, a lot of people are mocking me over the term kisses being on that. I, I Again, this is why I planned on always fucking s- keeping this private.
2: I even went back and forth on how to put them in the tiny frame that should, I finally found. Should
1: they we, be covered in sperm?
2: Um, no. It was... Should they come with a pack of
1: your old underwear? It's weird, dude. It's weird. It's weird, like when your mom tries to give you something from third grade, like you'd want it, you know? Like, here's something that you drew. It's his You're macaroni. Like, oh, picture. that's dumb.
6: Where did you keep it for all those years?
1: I, had, I had, Taped I had, to his
2: nutsack. <laughs> taped to his fucking nutsack. I had it in a little wooden box that I kept oh, okay. things in.
1: Where's where oh, the most uncomfortable Christmas gift ever? revealed. Oh, God. Um, Adam, you're on the Ron Fez show. Adam.
6: I'm uh, glad to have you back. Uh, I want to say, you know, definitely, you know, Ron, you're not wrong when you say it's a weird,
8: unnerving
6: gift. But full credit to Fez, he's not wrong in that it was. A life-changing night. And he has a foresight and the
1: appreciates to notice that. It's odd. It's odd because it wasn't like, oh, I wanted to do comedy because Fez never really did. He only did a couple of open mic nights, then went away for a while, and then called me up later and said, hey, do you remember me? I hear that you're working. In ra-, you know, like years went by that I hadn't met him. And then he called me and goes, I know that you're working in radio now. I would love to. And I was, I do what I do for all you kids. Yeah, come on down. Let's see what you got. It's the same way I, I am now. I am then. Like if someone says, I like this. I want to learn more about it. I'll go, sure. Little did I know, there was this stocky. And, you know, over the years, I've thought of things that have been missing. Now I'm wondering if he took it. I'm wondering how many times did I fall asleep in front of him? Did he do anything on you know what I mean?
2: Now I didn't do anything did to he you. Spank
1: on my shoes or <laughs> you know, try to smell my while I was asleep. Um, yes, this was years before we met again. We'd known each other for a little while. And by the way, Fez was so strange back then. He came and did stand up wearing a, like a little bow tie and was like somewhat trying to rip off Pee Wee Herman, I guess. Sure. You would say. But then he would call me Mr. Bennington. And I'm like in my early 20s. You know, he's like, Mr. Bennington. Is there...? And I'm like, why are you fucking saying that, dude? And little did I know, it was a weird S&M thing that he had going <laughs> on. Um, here's Lynn, Long Island. You're on the Run Fez show.
5: Hello, gents. How are you today? Good. Just wanted to say... um
6: It's just clear, you know, Ronnie, you're just not as sentimental as Fez. I think it's really sweet. Uh,
1: Yes, because you're like a hip lesbian woman that gets that (laughs) whole thing. Here's (laughs) my problem, Lynn. If he would have said to me years ago, dude, I guess I crushed on you the first night and I kept the fucking matches, then I would have known what our relationship was. Then I would have been fine with it.
5: But then maybe you would never have gotten as close because you would have thought I'm not, that creepy. I'm not that dude you
1: I'm not know? that dude at all. I'm I'm not that guy at all, but I would have it would have been made more it would have made more sense to me to why Fez never gives me shit back or you know what I mean <laughs> that he is in some kind of weird subservative I don't know I'm only guess Chinese type relationship with me. Where he walks nine steps behind me, picking up like little matches if I drop them.
2: <laughs> I know that
1: he's done stuff while I was asleep now.
2: I haven't done anything to you while you were unconscious. Where are the photos? Oh,
1: Daryl. Daryl, how Hi, are you? Mom, did you, save you did you save your uh, Coke straw from that night and give it to says? It was basically the way I was living in those days. There was no reason to think that you had met a terrific person. It was more likely i met this person, I'm going to leave that name with a couple of people in case I'm missing. It would have been the way to think about me. Uh, Andrew, you're on the Run of Fez show.
6: Hey, Ronnie B. uh, You should have nipped this right in the butt. You you should have said, hey, Fez, oh, this is great. It's exactly what I wanted. And just lit your cigar with them.
1: I don't even... You know, I guess I could have done an Opie thing and just stomped on him. while I was, You
3: know, just stomped on the fucking matches while I was screaming, I'm straight. He could have said, maybe like tossed it around in his mind. Like, do I tell him like, how I really saved this? Or I just say, oh, you know, this is crazy what I found from, you remember, it's like, oh, what a coincidence. No, here's the weird thing of Fez and me, too. So we
1: have this uncomfortable thing, and I even bring up on the air that this is uncomfortable. And not once in three years has he said to me, dude, I want to talk to you about those matches. He's never mentioned it again, even though I brought it up on the air. He doesn't give a shit how others feel, but his own New shirt, sentimentality is everything to him. It is completely weirdly narcissistic, and at the same time, completely subservient. It's the oddest thing that could happen. This is the oddest radio show in history, and then our real lives are even weirder.
3: I think he's waiting for you to just, like, open that up and there'll be a key inside that opens some weird labyrinth they've constructed. (laughs) I wish he would just kill me. Could go I wish that either. he would
1: just come up behind me and cut my head off and wear it like a fucking hat <laughs> while I was jacking off and walking down the street.
2: It was nothing I ever really intended on giving you. I just kind of got moved in the sentimental moment. Sentimental Sing- how?
1: What would I have said to you? Huh? In your fucking weird mind, what was I going to say? Put that thing up to my heart and said... Dude, I remember so much that night. I just thought that you were fantastic. Your little fucking weird bow tie hanging out with a midget.
2: That would have been cool.
1: Dude, you were the freak show that bought fucking cocktails. I felt like I sat down with Jack and Coke and then I had to hear some fucking rambling southern people say shit. Um, Claude, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey,
6: yo. I, I just wanted to say that uh, Fez, that. That's some really uncomfortable shit. That, that's that's, like, so that's something you might want to tell your homie from the get go. You might want to put that out there on the table early and get it over with. That's so, so weird. You wait that long and hold on to something so almost so irrelevant. It's just it's it's, it's, it's creepy. It's
1: weird. All so, right, th- I, I got this from Shower Bench. This is what I call a payoff. You were not overhyping all this time. As for the who does this, the good news is I've experienced such a gift, so you're not alone. The bad news is, yes, it was from my beloved. That is the weird thing about it. This is something a guy does when he meets a great girl at work and then holds on to it and gives it to her on some anniversary. Or what a girl does when she meets some fucking dude that she thinks to herself, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him. And here's the weird thing. He has spent his life with me. He (laughs) won. I'm the fucking creep who doesn't know I'm in a rom-com. In the fucking movie, I would be the bad guy for not realizing how much she loves me.
3: He doesn't love you. Quit him.
1: I guess every time that You know, I had a kid or whatever, Fez just laid in his fucking house crying, thinking he doesn't even know I'm alive. (laughs) Oh, God. Weirdest thing ever.
3: At least, like, five comedy clubs in New York and, like, just done stuff with, like, funny people that I, if, like, they told me, if they were, like, really successful, like, a couple years from now and said, hey, do you want to, like, do something, I'd be like, that would be cool, but I hadn't like, saved anything from people, even though I really thought they were really funny, like a coaster or anything like that.
1: None of your shit made any sense whatsoever. Fuck. Um, I have a jelly packet from when I met my girlfriend. See, that's that's what you you might do. Something like that, because you're thinking, um, this is someone I love. Yeah. And I want to remember this moment. Not, here's a guy who just did a fucking, I don't know, 12-minute set... And now he's all drunk, asking my midget friend, does she have an adult vagina, or is it more like a baby's?
2: You asked that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What was the answer?
1: Um... I don't remember, because by that point, I'd already been about 15 cocktails in, I broke a glass and put it up to my wrist and screaming out, give me one reason not to fucking cut this, if anyone has one goddamn reason. And I knew that I did that, because I did it every night that I drank, so... That goes without saying. I'm going to remember this
3: night forever. (laughs) Can I be honest? Yeah. Sure.
0: I I really, I'm with Fez. I think it's like a memorable little object.
3: Because you're a
1: girl. (laughs) This is what girls do. That's nervous. I think it was sweet as
0: well. I think it's something to remember your friendship. That's when it started.
1: No, it didn't. (laughs) I never saw him again for a month. Then I saw him a couple of times. And then I hadn't seen him again for years. And he saved that. And you should
0: go, wow, this is amazing That's the first night we met
1: Yes, and go, what does this mean? (laughs) Dudes don't do this with other dudes
0: You're like his best friend, right? You guys are best friends, brothers
1: At one point we're best friends Now we dislike each other Far too much to be best friends But we're more like relatives We're more like brothers We're more like brothers who let each other down That you were stuck with That's where our relationship is. Um, And yes, what I am saying, what you are saying is true. It would be adorable, but we were total strangers, not best friends. I can't tell you if I talked to Fez at all that night. I just remember him being a shy, weird kid. Um, Excuse me, uh,
7: Chris. Oh, I know that went out over the air. Uh, uh, someone checked in in the lobby for us.
1: Jim Florentine is his name. We're going to break and come back with him. Um, here's Bradley. Bradley, you're on the Run of Fez show.
6: Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on your brand new show. Um, I just wanted to... I was going to ask Fed if he like lit one of your cigars with it, if that's why it was important, but he said he did nothing with it. And you well, know, my point is... I don't think anybody would want to hang up in their house a radio old pack of matches, even if you framed it. It's not a word of art.
1: I don't get it. And it was from a mall. Like you pointed out, it's not like we were Catch a Rising Star in New York or the
3: improv in L.A. We were in a mall in Clearwater. Hopefully, this is the worst of it, and this is not like there's even worse things that could come out. Like,
1: now you're going the way that my, my brain was racing that night. He
0: probably has I another que- gift.
1: Yeah.
6: I've got another question. Um, says, would you be angry if Ronnie did take those out and just start lighting cigars with them?
1: Uh, yeah, what is it that you wanted me to do? Say, this was the best night of my whole life, you saved this thing, and I, I'm going to hang it up now? Oh, and I hope that you have a picture of me that you've done in jizz. You know, I hope that there's some kind of abstract
2: jizz painting of me. <laughs> that would have taken a lot more time. Uh, with this, I was just... I knew you weren't as sentimental as me, obviously. But Oh, I am, with chicks and my kids. But I really thought there would be some appreciation of, like... And just some nostalgia and a sweet memory. And just for a moment, kind of bring back that first time we met. Just kind of relive that moment. And that did not happen at all. There
1: was like, what, seven or eight of you, right? Yeah. Did you talk at all that night, or did you just listen?
2: Um, I know I was very excited, and I did a lot of listening. But I was still thrilled when you came over to the table. Slamming
1: cocktail down after cocktail. Hoping like, oh, I gotta keep this fucking table entertained so I can drink for free. (laughs) The midge was very fucking oddly hot though. (laughs) As midgets uh, will be. I guess we got a break here. We'll be back with uh, Jim Florentine. Um, I will tell you this, Fez. Now, because of those matches, I kind of do look back on that as a bad, weird day. And then it has made me rethink over everything in my life. Like, what was that supposed to mean? Like, why did he do that?
2: See, that wasn't the purpose at all. That wasn't the intention. It was, oh, look at this and have a good memory. Not a bad memory, so this has just gone completely opposite.
1: You know the blackout was part of that fucking memory for me, you know? You know that. By the way, I was drinking that night, and every night. There was nothing cool or fun about me. I was just a raging addict.
2: <laughs> I thought you were great.
1: No, sure, funny. But, great how? How? Like great, I'd like to sit on his dick, great
2: <laughs> That wasn't going through my mind then. I didn't even realize I was gay at that point. I
1: love the fact that you felt like you met someone from the show business when I really wasn't at all. <laughs> it's no to di- me
2: you totally were
1: It's no different than if you would have met the cashier at the same fucking place
7: <laughs> like what if what if you were like performing one night and you found out.
3: Well, I, there, there would be nothing, like, special about it. Like, I'm not... I'm nobody. So if somebody told me, like, hey, I saved this then, like, knowing that I would be, like, have some giant TV show, I'd say there'd be no indication that that would happen at all. There was nothing about that,
1: or nor did he say, can you know, can, should we have a picture taken together, or could you write down something on the menu? Some people do things like that. He just took a pack of matches couple next to his heart for 20-some years then tried to make me feel uncomfortable in front of my family with it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't even think I told the friends I was with. The midget or the big titted girl. I didn't say, you know, oh, give By me some way, matches, I gotta remember this night. It was just all it's very weird personal. Thing.
1: Look how quickly he's using my two dimensional thing. Even though these were his friends, he now just accepts Ron's fucking version of who they were. <laughs> it's the weirdness of our relationship. It's nuts. Today, who do you think did a worse job of getting this pushed off? You or Chris Stanley?
2: I did a worse job, because I should have been in charge of everything, and I did not get it done.
1: Okay. From now on, anyone who acts really embarrassing, and that includes you interns, will be forced to carry the matches of shame the following day. You will be able to carry the shame matches.
0: I think it's sweet. I still think it's sweet. Nice gift.
2: Thank you, Norice the intern.
1: (laughs) Norice, here's the problem. Guys that are supposed to be fucking regular buddies together, and not have a sexual relationship, don't do that. And I do think that if someone says, like, if someone here right was obsessing on you, you would rather know, right? Yes. That's that's kindness. Not I'm gonna act like you. I'm your friend. Just waiting
3: for the first night that you probably get too drunk. But to you like can't him.
0: assume he was obsessing over you.
3: Yeah. But he was since he saved the matches. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not
0: matches. Like it's not a picture of you. And and that yeah, this is
3: worse. He saved it for years past.
1: I'm late for Jim Florentine. Let's break. We'll be right back with one of the funniest uh, comedians working today. Also as a show here on Sirius.
2: That is Metal Midget's. And How weird it all ties <laughs> together. I know it's very strange. So that's uh, comedy metal midgets, and that is on Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM.
3: I think that's his podcast, actually. That's on like, They're named they're
7: the, the same. they the same. They're named the same. It's uh, on Thursdays right. at five p.m. in all the right, East. My mistake.
1: All
2: right. Uh, when we get back,
1: uh, Fez, who are you picking to win the game tonight?
2: I am going completely Auburn. It's all Tigers tonight. You're from Florida. Yeah, but I'd, I've never been a fan of Florida State.
1: What about Denise, our old friend Denise? Well, she's,
2: she's going to have a tear filled night tonight.
1: I'm going to take Florida State just for Deni- Denise McCandless, <laughs> our old friend from Florida. Uh, do you care about such things?
3: I like Florida State. I mean, undefeated. Right. Also right. on the Denise McCandless thing? Oh, I love Denise.
1: Chris Stanley? This one's for Denise. You're also Florida State. I bet you, baby. Um, Auburn did beat Alabama, but then they lost again. To who did they lose? To Oklahoma.
7: Um, yeah, I don't no. know why
1: anyone cares about once you're not in it. I don't know why that team would get up to play the last game of the year anyway. I would just show up drunk and not care. I'm like, whatever, first or worst, I'll be either not third. Uh, we will break. Back with Jim Florentine is the Ron and Fez show.
4: Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel ninety (laughs) nine. And now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ron and Fez on Raw Dog.
7: Serious XM Comedy (laughs) Hits.
1: Jim Florentine is here. His uh, show, Mental uh, Metal Midgets, airs Thursday, uh, 5 o'clock, on Ozzy's Boneyard. Now, is this different from your podcast, or are they one and the same?
8: No, it's different. Yeah. Uh, my podcast is just me ranting about different stuff. Right. And I call it Comedy Metal Midgets. Metal Midgets is just a radio show. <laughs> I, could, I was looking for a different name. for They needed a name for your show. Yeah. So every metal thing was taken. <laughs> Metal injection, metal this, metal that, metal on metal. So I just said, I don't think anyone took midgets.
1: I love that you and Jimmy are on that station, but Eddie Trunk isn't. (laughs) That's the point that cracks me up.
8: Yeah, I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Something went down.
1: Yeah, of course it did. Something's always going down with Eddie. You also, of course, do that show with him, which, by the way, is just great, man.
8: Mm -hmm. The new season's going to start next Saturday, January 18th. We're taping in New York. 12 weeks. We're, doing, we're going to tape every Tuesday and it's going to air on Saturday. So this, January 18th is the premiere. Are you
1: guys going to do it at the Hard Rock? I know. No,
8: we're doing it at a studio in Harlem. Really? Yeah. And
1: you're going to have a studio audience with you? Yep. Or that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think that's the way to do the show. Is to do it almost like in real time. You know?
8: It makes it more topical. Mm-hmm. Shoot it on Tuesday. It airs on Saturday. Got four days to edit it and put it on the air. I'll
1: tell you one, one reason that I'm a big fan of Mr. Florentine's because so many people get these gigs and they still find ways to bitch about life. But you, you do shows about shit that interests you, And stuff that you find enjoyable.
8: Of course. Yeah. My whole... Growing up, I just made prank phone calls, because I was always grounded as a kid. And I listened to heavy metal. And I I got into two big TV shows, Crank Anchors and that metal show, from doing that as a child. That was my whole childhood.
1: Isn't that the beautiful thing, is like all this shit that they told you when you were a kid. Like, really, for me, doing radio... Is no different than hanging on a street corner. You know what I mean? It's exactly the same. Who's going to come up? Can that person hang? Can they, you know, should they be here? Or do we run them?
8: That's how exactly. it Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, no, it's been amazing. And I'll just keep riding out, riding out as long as possible. <laughs> people always come up to you like, man, why'd that crank anger show get canceled? They should put it back on the anger. You think it's up to me? <laughs> yeah. If it was up to me, I'd be yelling yay for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> but the fact that you even got to do it alone is amazing. You know, that's what people don't get. You're also big into sports, and you and I were just talking. Uh, this is the best football weekend. Coming up Yeah,
8: yeah, absolutely. Oh, this past weekend was great, too.
1: Well, now, though, it even up, so all those teams that clawed their way through this weekend have got to claw again. Like the Niners, you know they were just screaming at each other in the plane, like, this shit isn't ending. This is, you know, we're a team of (laughs) destiny. Because I'm uh, an Eagles fan, and I thought, if we just make it in, I'll be satisfied. But you're not. You're like... There are Cinderella teams, and maybe it's us.
8: No, because you saw what the Giants did those two years. Yeah. We were 9-7, and seven, barely made it in, didn't even win the division and went on and won the Super Bowl. I thought that could have happened with the Eagles this year. It
1: felt like it could happen, but that's that's the drug that you start to take, that you believe in things that you shouldn't. You're like, this young quarterback coming out of nowhere... Of course this is Cinderella. This is a fucking movie. And then the second it's over, there's a feeling of sickness. Like, I couldn't even... I'm I'm not one of these guys who lives and dies in my team. I won't do it to myself, but I would not watch the pregame shows yesterday. I didn't start watching until 1 o'clock because I didn't want to see it again. I wanted to just be gone like old girlfriend
8: Of course. Absolutely. That's what your team... I'm a Miami fan, so Mm -hmm. you finally had hope this year. They just had to win two games against Buffalo and the Jets. Two easy, winnable games after they just beat at Pittsburgh in the snow and beat New England at home. So you're like, all right, they just got to win two, and they're in. And they already beat uh, Buffalo is playing a practice squad quarterback, and Geno Smith, one of the worst quarterbacks in football. I'm like, all right, we got this. And they lose both. Um. It's almost like, you know, you got that hot girlfriend that just constantly keeps cheating on you. Right. And then she takes you back and then you go back with her because, you know, she knows she can she can suck your dick so good. Maybe she brings another chick in the relationship too. <laughs> and you she lures you right back in and you're like, "No, she's going to be different this time." Yeah. And then she breaks your heart again Then you walk in and she's fucking your roommate again. But when he, are you going to get over it?
1: Now you you didn't grow up in Miami, right? You I are, lived down there
8: for a little bit. Okay, but yeah. the
1: reason why you were, I guess you were a little kid, and Miami had good teams.
8: Miami had good teams. My uncle lived down there at the time, mm-hmm. and I lived down there in the mid eighties, the Marino days for uh, years for about four years in Fort Lauderdale. So, so I you, went to all Dolphin games. You're yeah.
1: like this. The love I have for this team is going to last forever, and yet they couldn't feel less like the Marino years. I mean, the Marino years they were rock stars. Even you know? if
8: even if they lost, they, every game was like 45-41, right. They were at least exciting to watch. They were eight and eight, ten and six, 11 and five every year. So the, Miami. In the last 10, 11 years, has gone 6-10 pretty much every year. Maybe an 8-8 eight, eight here.
1: It, it would be hard for people who never watched Marino in his prime to understand how magic that bastard was. And now that when they start to rank quarterbacks, he never ranks... Top five because he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, so he doesn't get mentioned until like seventh or eighth. That's the weird thing about football.
8: And, and also, the rules today, if he played today, that 48 touchdowns he threw in 1984, he would throw 70.
1: It would be, yeah, it would be impossible to know what he would score on a. On a
8: a weekly fucking basis. Defensive backs used to be on Mark Duper's back as he was running down the field, and Marino would still complete a pass 30 yards down the field. That's how it was back then. And, you know, the rules have changed, and now, you know, everybody throws over 5,000 yards. Yeah, so he
1: would probably throw 7 or 8. He'd throw
8: 7,000. Because
1: even with the rules the way it used to be, it looked like he was playing catch. It looked like he was throwing a baseball. And yet, now they'll bring up other names above him because of the fucking ring.
8: Yep, because he didn't get he didn't that get ring. He never ring. had a running game. He no. had one running back went over 1,000 yards his whole career. He I just... remember
1: even the first Super Bowl that they lost to San Francisco, they did like a Pepsi commercial. Him and Joe, and, and he said something like Montana, I'll see you next year, and they both laughed. And we all like believed it. Like, this is going to go on like Frazier and Ali for years. And no,
8: he never made it back to the Super Bowl. Nope, a couple championship games, that was it. That was the great
2: looking afro combined with a mullet, damn Marino. At that point, yeah, the isotonic glove luck. commercials.
1: Well, Fez, where would you put him, all time quarterbacks?
2: Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't put him top five because of the rings. But, uh, absolutely, just because of the rings. Do you put him above or below Elway? I would put him below Elway. Elway has two rings.
1: Do you put him below, above or below Peyton Manning?
2: I put him below Peyton. Peyton's like taking his records and has at least one ring. Although he's going to be looked at with uh, a lot more critical, I think, view for only getting one ring if he never gets another one. He's
1: he's going to have his fifth MVP. His fifth time that you are the best player in the league.
8: Yeah, but you know he he's nine and eleven in the playoffs. He's been one and done, I think four or five times. He's got to win this year, this year or next year. He's got to win another Super Bowl. We that that will shut everybody up like LeBron when LeBron went to Miami. Right. Like yeah, he chokes, and now you just like now, now you, you you can't say one word about him. Yeah. now.
1: now we take it for granted like uh, LeBron. He's the best. That's how like weird fans are and weird sports casters are. That they just act like okay, it's turned. Boom. We'll never even bring
8: it up Right, because LeBron got so much shit. Like, he's not yeah. a clutch player. He he won't even shoot the ball. Remember that one yeah. one championship, he won't even shoot it. So now he's won back-to-back, so you can't say anything bad about him again. And that's what will happen with Peyton if he wins one more. Because Eli, his brother's got, more to, got one more ring than him.
1: Now, where do you put uh, Eli? Since he's got two, is he higher than Peyton Field?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's that's higher than Peyton. Dr- that's drunk yeah. talk.
1: That's drunk talk. No <laughs> he's one...
2: pulled it off more times than his big brother.
1: I guess who wouldn't agree with you? Eli Manning. Because he plays that position and goes, I'm not as good as my brother. My brother's better than me. Archie also thinks that you're, you're drunk. Archie has a favorite, and it's Peyton.
2: Archie has no ring, so I don't even know if he should have an opinion.
1: Look where he played, though.
8: Oh, the very bad New Orleans. Yeah, they were terrible. I would say Marino's in the top 10. I'd throw him, you know, because he didn't win the ring. Mm-hmm. He should be up higher. If he would have won one ring, I'd say be in the top five. But yeah, I'll throw him in the top ten. You. you know, I, I think ultimately, probably Peyton Manning's going to be. The number one guy of all time. If he wins one more Super Bowl, I'm going to have to put the stats and just he's a monster. I'm not a—I'm not a huge fan of him. I think he's a crybaby. He's definitely, you know, he has a tough time playing outside in, in any kind of conditions, even though he does play in Denver now. I understand that. But you see him. He's a different quarterback like Drew Brees. Yeah. Even though Brees played pretty well. But you see the numbers in Philly the yeah. other night compared to what he would do in the Superdome. Those so, guys
1: like to be inside.
8: But you know, man, he, he's a, he's a, he's an animal. It's yeah. unbelievable. I've never seen an offense like that. You just go. You wish your team could score that easily, the way they do it. But that you know. But then again, he throws that big one every once in a while. Where does Brett Favre wind up in that top ten? Too. He's two? only
1: got one. Brett Favre's only got the one. Oh, I, and then he sent out the dick pics, which also kind of moves him up a little bit, because that's a that's a daring move to make.
8: Well, especially when his wife was at home recovering from uh, breast yeah. cancer. And he was in New York at a hotel, she so actually, that's that's even more ballsy to do. Yeah. She I'm actually, a scumbag, but I wouldn't even do that. But did
1: you remember what she said about this? She goes, "Well, he had to do something. I, my titties hurt so bad I couldn't do anything for him, so we, he was going to go out."
8: Is she said that? Yeah. That she's, she should she should get Woman of the Year. Yeah, she's a champ. She should write MVP. a book just on that.
1: She's uh, she passes Marina's wife, who, wow. else, who also <laughs> said like whatever, she, because Marina that remember when that kid popped up? Yeah.
7: And then his that wife hurt. said
1: like, yeah, but I wasn't. On the road with him, so this is really kind of my fault too. Uh, get all the Barca, the the great sports writer. I want to see who he does his all time number one. And your all time number one is Fez.
2: My all time number one, Joe Montana, because of the four ranks. Yeah, I, I mean, but Bradshaw won four. He's right below Bradshaw Montana. Did
1: you ever see Bradshaw's numbers? He was handing off fifty, sixty times <laughs> I know. a day. He would throw some of those games 10, 12 times.
3: Yeah, Bob
8: Greasy was 7 out of 10 in (laughs) the Super Bowl for like 110 yards in 73. And and
3: that's the perfect team. Trent Dilfer, he has one. It could be a fluke. You can only take rings into it so much. I will tell you this. Do you think Trent
1: Dilfer would be working for ESPN if he didn't have that ring No way. That ring was his guarantee to spend the rest of his life.
8: Right, because he's got credibility. Before, he's like, well, you were just a a mediocre quarterback. No one's going to listen to you.
1: And he used to put a towel over his head. And now there's a guy in a Buffalo that can't get a call back from ESPN because they have Tilfer. And his one stinking, who cares? Which, by the way, he didn't have a great game. He was an MVP of that game for the Ravens, remember? That was right. like some really low-scoring game.
2: Yeah. They still let him do the Disney World commercial because they didn't want... The... He hadn't
1: murdered anybody.
2: Yeah, because his <laughs> record was still clean.
1: The MVP had apparently murdered someone that year. <laughs> Jim Rambless. Florentine sitting in with us. And, you know, I had to say, you're doing radio now. The day, it kind of broke my heart to see you down working on the computers with in the bullpen. I'm like, you need a full staff at your every beck and call.
8: Yeah, well, we'll
1: see. We would never go work on computers. My staff wouldn't even put this show together today. They feel like somebody should be doing it for them.
8: I don't know exactly how that works. I'm not tech savvy, but... Don't just be. Just throw me... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Don't be tech savvy. Get I, a kid to do it for you. I, I got my nephew doing most of my stuff, my podcast and everything. I just got a little recorder. I do it in, and I'm right. like, here, take it. I don't know what to do, and...
1: You... To really enjoy radio, you have to yell out, why aren't these headphones on? To some, You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you want to be the technical guy, that just turns you into somebody who's going to spend the rest of their life annoyed. No. You made you made it up the right way through your humor, not through the fact that you run a really tight board. <laughs> um, that's the last thing you want to do. Um, here is... Um, let's go over to Eddie in El Paso. You're on the run a show. Hey,
6: Ronnie. Hey, Bezzy. Um I just wanted to let you know that, uh, why Eli was better than Peyton, because Eli beat the Patriots in the Super Bowls when... Uh, The Patriots were were so
1: heavily predicted to win. That's a really good point. Like, where do you guys put Brady? Is Brady top five for you guys?
8: Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, so many guys are coming in and out because I mean, Brady, Manning, Eli. You know, Eli's. I'm gonna. He's gonna fall in the top fifteen, even though he won two Super Bowls. I think Uh, Brady's a, a, a. pound for pound, Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Eli Manning. Who was, What Brady did this year with no receivers for like the first eight weeks and then Gronkowski only played like four games and still just was mowing over teams.
1: I, I wonder if this gets to Eli, though. There is one guy that won two, quarterback two Super Bowl and got the rings. He's 2-0 and did not go into the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett. That's right. Plunkett. Jim Plunkett won two. And they didn't let him in because both sets of parents are blind. Wow. That's the reason they gave. They go, your parents are too blind. Why would we go around making this stuff? You got nobody in your family would even come and see you. They could but, come and listen you, to the
2: speeches. You think every once in a
1: while that the Eli just gets a late night phone call and his drunk brother just yells, hey, Plunkett, and hangs up again. Uh, why isn't Plunkett in the Hall of Fame if, if these... Super Bowl rings uh, mean as much as you say.
2: I think it's just a matter of time until he gets in there, and I think Eli will no. end up going.
1: Plunkett won, it was in the early nineteen eighties. He's not getting in to the Hall of Fame. It would have happened by now.
8: Will uh, Dilfer get in? No, because he won no. one, right? So I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think that's definitely whole, You know, look, Marino two and, and Jim get you in. Marino and Marino and Jim Kelly went in first year, yeah. first ballot, then and they, they didn't win Super there. Bowls. Kelly was all for four in Super Bowls.
1: Jim Kelly's Super Bowl thing is horrid. Horrid when you think what happened. Four in a row. That could have been the greatest team of all time. They're four games away from being the greatest of all time. Look, by the way, if Brady wins that Super Bowl against uh, Peyton, the first one, anyone who says he's not the greatest of all time is an idiot. He would be done, locked up as the greatest... Uh, football player of all time but because he has that one loss
2: mm, top five
8: yeah no you're right because they would have won 19-0 yeah
1: you a football uh, college football fan at all? no just pro tonight is the championship game right Fez?
2: yep tonight is the national championship Florida State now favored by 10 as we're going into the game against Auburn
1: and you're and you're actually taking Auburn instead.
2: I am taking Auburn straight up. I'm not even worrying about points. They're gonna run, run, run all over Florida State. And what
1: happens if they don't?
2: Um, I'll do the show shirtless tomorrow. Ugh, that hurts
1: us. Not <laughs> <That> you. Yes. <laughs>
8: yes. I knew you'd like Let's it, go. Shelby. It's the
1: stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um,
8: I just couldn't waste too much. To, like I spent all day on Sunday watching football. Yeah. Then I'd have to do Saturdays too. I just it's couldn't. I just It's too much.
1: And there's too much college to even follow.
8: Right, because you know, it, it starts on teams. Thursday, starts yeah. on Friday. It's, there's games all over the place. And even at, at the end of the day of Sunday, I feel like I was sometimes I just wasted my whole day. I got nothing accomplished. You,
1: you have. You really? Because you're watching now to 11 o'clock at night, and you look over your day, and you go, what was that? But you also, you won't watch the Red Zone. I
8: right? love the Red Zone. Oh, you do? Love the Red oh, Zone. It's fantasy
1: that you don't like, right? Oh, I hate
8: fantasy football. Yeah.
1: I got into it for a couple of years, got out of it this year and feel completely better. It's 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 almost like when I quit coke. It's the same thing like <laughs> right. I thought I loved it because of the rush I was getting, but no. My life was out of control being in the fantasy football. It's terrible. Terrible to care about shit that doesn't matter. And ruins almost every game
8: it does because yeah you 're you're, you're rooting if you 're a big fan, if you 're just a casual fan, then right. fantasy football 's perfect for you you're not you have no vested interest, but there 's no reason to root for any guy in the Redskins if you 're a giant fan, if you have to have him on your team that oh, week yeah. you can 't watch a Redskin game and go, "I want you know Garcon to catch fifteen passes, but I still want them to lose. No, you want him to drop every pass sure. and blow out a knee in the first quarter that 's what you want
1: so you got the personality of a. F- of an Eagles fan. You do hope for uh, injury. Of
8: course. When they were boo- I loved how they were booing Saturday night. Yeah. Every time the Saints, because the Saints, they were definitely faking injuries to stop right. the Eagle offense.
1: And, you know, what's really weird is because of the new stadium, and this is actually true of Washington as well, it's not as ugly as a crowd as they used to get. Like, the old Vet stadium was a frightening place to go. I had a friend who went there who got beat up for wearing Eagles stuff by other really? fans. Yeah, They just didn't feel like it was the right Eagles gear. But it would really be a dangerous place. And guys that used to go there to play were just like, I just want to get out of here. The old um, RFK Stadium in Washington used to be insane. Now they're new stadium. People go into to to play the Redskins like it's a vacation.
7: Uh, we never got a hold of Barker? He just called in. He's on line one. All right. Um
1: let's um let's go Jerry Bark, how you know buddy?
4: I'm good, I'm good.
1: Jerry, uh who if you had to pick, what's the Super Bowl as of right now?
4: The Super Bowl right now I think you gotta go Seattle and then I'm unsure in the AFC, but I I think you gotta go with Peyton Manning making it back.
2: Fence, who would you pick today? Um, Right now, I'm thinking it's going to be San Francisco again Mm -hmm. and against the Patriots.
1: I have the same exact Super Bowl as you. Really? Yeah. Same exact Super Bowl as you. Not building any logic. None whatsoever. But seeing the Niners win that game yesterday, knowing that they shouldn't have, I just feel like they won it in a big, big way.
8: Can they go into Seattle and win that game, though? The championship game.
1: If there's any team that can go in there and beat them. They can, and I think I think they mop up next week in in North
2: Carolina. Oh uh, yeah, when uh, Carolina, yeah, yeah. San Francisco will go in. They'll shut down Cam Newton, and then you know it will be Seattle who will destroy New Orleans all over again in that championship
8: game.
1: I don't know. I think Seattle is going to get knocked out, and I don't know where it's going to happen. Who are you picking, Jim? If you had to, I
8: think Seattle and New England.
1: Seattle and New England.
4: No love for Peyton Manning in that room. No. Nah, no. because he's going to...
8: We're, we're whether, it's, whether it's the weather or, you know, look, uh, who, they're playing the Colts, right, this weekend. Yeah. You, Andrew Luck could go in there and win that game. He's playing the Chargers. He, but, oh, they're playing the Chargers, we'll, but Chargers already we'll beat them. Already beat them right? Can I tell you
1: something? The Chargers have a weird vibe around them, too. Yep. Mm. The, the Chargers you
7: don't want to bet against. The last time they played them, they shut down Manning the entire, their entire offense.
8: And then you got the week after, either the Colts or New England, you're going to have to play Denver if they get past San Diego. and well, Either those teams can beat them.
4: I'm not sold on 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 this Patriots squad. I don't I just I'm not sold on that. No DMs, one is. But we
1: know Tom Brady.
4: And he's handsome. So.
1: And it's time sure. for Brady to be 500 in the Super Bowl. Cuz I'd be <laughs> betting against him in the Super Bowl. I think he's going to end up with 3 and 3 in the Super Bowl.
2: That would be the best stat ever. He's looked at life from both sides now.
1: Well, uh, there was one other guy uh the same exact way. What is he? 2 and 3?
2: Um who is that? I'm,
1: Can you believe him, Chris? Unbelievable! Doesn't remember.
2: That's winter. Went, went two and three in the Super Bowl. You asking me or
8: Fez? I'm going to say is Stallback two and three?
1: I don't know what Stallback is.
8: I'm I'm thinking Elway.
1: Elway's two oh, and three. Right. Oh, that's yeah. Elway's two I'm and three. right. I'm a dope.
4: Yep. I can't. But who ranked Elway higher than Marino? That's, I did. Two uh, rings, Mister. With Terrell Davis and that running game.
1: And you also, yeah, you just don't play. The rings don't mean everything because you can go in there with a... I get that you have to have a ring to be a quarterback. I get the the heat against Marino for never winning one, but it doesn't mean that somebody's better than you. We can't look at any of these guys and say they're better
3: quarterbacks. If than
8: you Marino. take away the rings, LA Marino, Marino, well... Elway's rings. Marino was a better quarterback. Elway's probably better at at two-minute quarterback at the end of the game, fourth quarter. Mm. Marino had some great drives at the end, too, but Elway was famous for that. But uh, pound for pound, Marino was better.
1: And quite frankly, could you imagine if Marino was in San Francisco? Forget it. Forget it. Because even Schuller was an old guy by the time. You know what I mean? Everyone knew what Marino was going to do every goddamn game. And he still did it. Could you imagine if there was some running plays, some weird screens?
8: Uh, Shula was famous for not getting rid of his coaches, his coordinators, who were terrible, Yeah. who Marino hated Gary Stevens and Dom Olavadotti. And he never would, the, the owner even would say, fire me. He goes, I'm not firing him. So Shula's like, I'm going, to f- I'm, you're going to make me fire them. So that's why Shula was there that long, and that's why those coordinators, and that's why they had the shittiest defense. And even their offense, Marino, Marino would just want to call the plays himself. He's right. like, I don't, I'm not going to hand off on third and six here. I'm throwing the ball. And hard. Yeah.
1: I'm throwing it hard, so catch it. Um, all right, here's Chad in Iowa. Chad, you're on the Run of Fez show.
6: Hey, guys. Uh, welcome back to the radio. It's good to hear you guys. And uh, Thanks, buddy. Uh, Mr. Uh, Florentine, you're a hell of a comedian. I love hearing you on the radio, man. You're freaking funny. Thank you. Uh, you bet. But uh, what about, uh, hey, Fezzy, what about Ben Roethlisberger? Does he uh, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame over, uh, uh, let's say, Marino? Now that he's in, but I mean... Ben
1: Roethlisberger interesting, because if you would have said four years ago, you'd be like, yeah, of course, he's great, he's got the two rings, this guy could end up with four rings. Look, you look at him totally different now, today. You do not look at him the same way you did just a couple years ago.
2: He's so beat up, but, you know, he's won two, went to three, and I think he's Hall of Fame material. But you,
1: people don't even bring his name up today. You know what I mean? Like today, if we started talking about quarterbacks, it would probably it took us this long. We haven't brought him his name up.
3: He's just ugly to watch. Like he, they're always just barely like he's just scrambling around. He's oh, so I thought big. you meant unattractive person. Cause of the gay. Okay, yeah, he is pretty unattractive too.
1: Where do you guys put Aaron Rodgers? Attractiveness? No, no, not TV. attractiveness. I going to be like straight guys having a fucking football discussion, <laughs> you weird
3: young man. Seriously, the creepiness just wears me out.
8: Speaking of hand, Marino was better looking. To, who was better looking, Marino in his prime or Tom Brady?
3: Jeez, I'm going to have to go Brady as that cleft chin. Ooh. I think Brady I gotta go looks Brady like a too fucking that. Like what
8: about Marino's tan, though?
3: You know, you got to take that into
2: consideration. It's Marino. Marino's much better looking than Brady was. Although, if you're going man. primes.
8: Marino had a better smile. Can you give him that?
3: I can't. But that Brady
1: cleft chin. That dude. Who would you say it. most attractive quarterback of all time? Because I'm mean, either going to go a Norm Snead
2: or,
1: <laughs> or a Roman Gabriel. But you know what? That might be just a
2: Philly thing. Rex Grossman. You, can you do backups and Jesse Palmer, The Bachelor?
1: Yeah, did he even play in a game though? I no. I think you've got to at least be a working quarterback.
8: Well, Montana was always handsome, right? Yeah, and still yes. is.
1: I don't think so.
8: Girls always dug my Montana, Montana over Marino. It was always my Marino, Elway.
1: Yeah, but that's because of the rings. The just way the girls will say today, Brady is attractive because Giselle has said, I'm with Brady, and those
3: girls will go, Okay, then that works for me. I like that Doug Flutie, too. He's a family man, and
7: that's that's You like him short, don't you? Yeah, you yeah, he's a like a fucking three. guy. <laughs> he loves Drew Brees. And Russell Wilson, he's got a hard on. I think that shit on Drew Brees' face keeps him off <laughs> any
1: fucking attractive list, than we're going... By the way, this is not where I wanted this to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, this know. is not where I thought... The conversation would go.
2: Jim Florentine's in studio with us. His show, Metal Midgets, that's on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Aussie's Boneyard on Sirius XM, and the new season of that metal show on VH1 Classics starting January 18th.
1: They're going to actually their first show is going to be on fuckable
2: quarterbacks, and I think <laughs> I think it should. Well, then you put Eli in there. If you, really. Eli is attractive. Eli has a weird cuteness to him. This surprises me. Yeah. Well, who's
8: better looking, Eli
2: or Peyton? Oh, God, it's Eli by miles. Peyton is just, uh, yeah, that looks like it came out of some sort of lab. <laughs> Eli looks
7: mentally challenged. Like, you can actually fool him into a basement. Who? Eli.
1: So what are you saying? That's a good thing That's or a bad, bad thing? thing
7: for attractiveness.
1: I don't know, I've admitted some mentally challenged girls.
8: <laughs> Even if I Peyton mean? was good looking, just his dumb commercials, those Papa John commercials, knocks him down to a four.
1: It almost those commercials to me, they should like run a scroll that says we hate poor people underneath it, because it just looks like they're shoveling food to poor people. Who else would eat that?
7: Eight pizzas for five bucks. Come on, call and up.
1: Both pizza companies are doing '80s retro. I don't even know what's happening.
8: Um, Nobody over 22 years old that's not in college eats Papa John's pizza. No. Nobody.
1: That that has to come down. There's three of us and we have five bucks.
8: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's call Papa John's at at 1:30 in the morning. There's, we didn't get laid, so let's eat pizza.
2: There was a story, uh, I think maybe a couple months ago, where uh, one of Peyton's Papa John's got robbed while he was playing. Like, he should have been mining the store. Like, it was his fault the place got robbed. He really should have been there behind the counter watching things.
4: Probably wouldn't have got robbed if he was.
1: Um, I think, though, this also is an East Coast prejudice, that if you're in Iowa or North Dakota... Where you don't have Italian people selling Italian food, you will go. Oh, we're calling Papa
8: John's. You might have a point
1: because people get desperate other places in the country for, and what they're willing to eat and call pizza. And but the, the Papa himself. I guess that's his name. I guess they call him Papa. I kind of see him as being one of the worst people in the world.
8: Oh, yeah, you could tell. I mean, supposedly he worked for Pizza Hut, and he took their, <laughs> he took their recipes, <laughs> and he went to Papa John's or something, <laughs> allegedly. Or I didn't some, even know that. Oh Yeah, yeah. he was, yeah, he was like a Pizza Hut executive, and he left there on bad terms, and he took their ingredients. Like, who's going to steal from Pizza Hut? All
1: right, I'll give you that, Fez. Who would you be with, Peyton Manning or Papa John?
8: Oh, I'd go with Papa John, not me. Oh, God. Really? No. Yeah. He's an Better ingredients?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Better pizza. That's Papa John. Uh, Jerry Barker, who's
1: going to win the game tonight?
4: i got to go Florida State on this one.
1: Everybody's going Florida State except for the guy from uh, Florida, Fez Watley.
2: It will not be Florida State. All Auburn tonight. Florida State has a Heisman winner. They don't win national championships anymore.
4: Charlie Ward, Charlie Ward. Florida State, won a national championship, right? Oh, how so,
2: long ago was that?
4: 20 years. 20, 20 years, if you want to. I'm
1: glad that you had it, though. I'm glad <laughs> that you had that little piece there. Uh, here's uh, Rich and Yonkers. Hey, Rich.
6: Hey, buddies. Yeah. I want to make this argument here for Tom Brady. With this NFL, with the expansion and how they want everything to be, you know, everybody equal, with everybody going to different teams, you can't build a dynasty. And Joe Montana had the opportunity to do something in Kansas City. And without the greatest football player ever next to him, he didn't do very much. Tom Brady did more with less than any other quarterback. And I'm not a Patriot He fan.
1: certainly is this year. He certainly is this year. It'll be amazing if he gets back to the Super Bowl this year.
8: Yeah, we're missing his two tight ends, Wes Walker. I I don't I don't understand why the Patriots wouldn't give him two more million dollars to stay bit. on the team. Yeah. That was a weird thing. Something must have went down behind the scenes.
1: Well
4: there well, were Welkers, of the remember of last season started talking about Rex Ryan's feet and maybe maybe Belichick had enough of him being mouthy or not doing it the care. Belichick way or something.
1: I really wouldn't care if somebody said something about somebody's feet. I'd be like, whatever. Just fucking catch it.
7: They also let Woodhead go, which was he was a great third down, uh, he's he's killing it in the Chargers. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're right. Those guys are still out there playing. It's not like they aged out or something.
8: But, you know, look, they always find another white guy to plug in who looks like Welker and catches just like Welker. It's unbelievable.
1: Um, Steve. Steve. In Texas, go ahead.
6: Hey, what's going on, guys? I yeah. think John Elway beats out Marino uh, because of the three losses, not because of the 2 wins. Those three losses just like at, uh, Marino's one loss, he had no team around him, no defense, no running back, and he
1: just carried the team on his shoulders, but he was able to do it three times. But right, before we even get into that, John Elway, completely unfuckable. I don't care what any woman says. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, I, I just think completely. Am I crazy there, Fez?
2: Uh, no, you're not crazy there. That is all teeth, and he's aging like a woman in the Kennedy family. He actually looks like Rose Kennedy now. But what about in his prime, though? No, in his prime he was still all buck teeth. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It looked like his helmet didn't need a face mask. <laughs>
8: <laughs> so that, no, he's, so, he makes a good point. The guy on yeah. the phone about Elway going to yeah. those three soup balls with no team.
1: And
4: everybody... they, were, they
8: were awful losses, though. 55-10 to the Niners. He got
4: smoked by the Giants when they were favored. There's a, the Redskins with Doug Williams, at quarterback, they beat him like 42-10. to I mean, he had the three Amigo wide receivers, Carl Mecklenburg on defense. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go Marino over Elway, probably just because I don't like Elway, but those were bad, bad Super Bowl losses.
1: Yeah, they were pretty awful. And look at the quarterbacks he was losing to.
4: Doug Williams Williams,
1: who was never seen before or since that Uh, you know, I think wasn't he in Tampa for a while he was fucking eating shit down there for years and then before you know it he wins the Super Bowl and then like six months later he's the coach at Grambling you're like what this is what you build upon this (laughs) Uh, but here's the weird thing when Elway came back and won those Super Bowls again it just changes the way that you look at him you're just like man I guess he's great I guess he's fucking great. He right, because you don't put ranks. Kelly
8: in the top ten because he no, lost four no. Super Bowls. So Kelly was a great quarterback.
1: And yet, you look at Kelly, and this is the weirdest thing about fucking fans. As you look at him, like, kind of a loser. Not Not the fact that his team won more games than anyone else in the 90s. This is the shitty thing about a football fan. You don't care about anything but the final game of the season, and then you judge a man's career on it.
2: He, yeah, I mean that's all there is because, and also because he didn't stay in the spotlight.
1: There isn't, there isn't all there is though. You don't do that with a baseball player. Baseball fans do not sit down and say, "Well, DiMaggio is better than Williams because of rings." They would, you would never have that conversation. It's almost like football fans know less about their sport than baseball fans know about their sport, because you're saying. The only way that you can measure a single man is what happened with 40 other men. It's the dumbest measurement in history. And
4: it's especially for the quarterback. And it's, it wasn't, but did we judge this, Was did we judge it that way 20 years ago? That seems like a, it's almost like Marino created the argument for... It is a good
1: point that you don't judge O.J. Simpson for not getting into... Uh, the Super Bowl. As a running back, you judge him for, you know, killing his wife. That'll throw people off. Uh, sweetness isn't judged by the fact that he didn't have a good Super Bowl. You look at him, career, game by game. Wife has just make the, set, the thing. There's no other way to judge Dan Marino than whether or not, overall, the Dolphins were a good enough team. Mm. It's a weird thing, and yet is accepted today. We're talking about Peyton Manning's five times is going to win the uh, MVP title. Five. And yet people act like that's not as important than if you hand it off the ball and your fucking team won the Super Bowl.
8: It was like the Atlanta Braves. Remember, they won like 10... 10- Divisions in a row when yeah. they only won one World Series. They'd go into the a playoff. The Braves fans weren't even showing up for the playoff games. Right. Because they're like, all right, we're going to go through this again. They would lose every time.
1: It's also not a baseball town, if we're going to be honest yeah. Atlanta. I mean, that fucking town is confused with baseball. But no one judges Chip by that, you know what I mean? Like he's going to go in, no one will say this fucking loser, you know they didn't, they, they he didn't go far enough in the playoffs. You're going to sit down and judge him by his play day by day, not playoff by playoff. And yeah. and
8: the three big pitchers too, yeah. Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz are all going to go in the, in the Hall of Fame.
1: Let's face it, that team should have six, seven. Yeah, even if they had six or seven fucking rings, we'd be like, they really underachieved. They were better than everyone for like two decades. Um, here's uh, the Brooklyn Blowhard. Hey, Blowhard.
4: Hey, guys. Happy New Year. I cannot take this argument about the rings seriously. It is it is asinine. It doesn't matter how many rings. Marino, to me, is in the top five. He never
6: had a Jerry Rice. He never had that go-to superstar receiver.
3: I don't know. You He's know,
8: had some pretty damn good He had receivers. Duper and Clayton, but they, yeah. they, they were, were
6: never on the level of any
4: superstar. Marino, to me, you guys are like, you know, shitting on Marinos. A lot of people are. And None
1: of us
8: did. Don't, and there's no well, bigger what Marino fan did. in the world one than, than me. I'm a
4: Jet fan, and I respect Marino. I've seen And, you know, as for the greatest quarterback of all time, the answer is Johnny Unitas. Let's just be honest about this. He revolutionized the position. Johnny Unitas is the man.
1: You're probably, you're, there's probably a lot to be said for that, but the game is so tough to look back and compare, like a pre-1970 game with a post-1970 game. It's the other mistake that we have with football. You can't tell anymore. That's the worst thing about being a football fan is you have no way of knowing whether it's almost like instead of the players being on steroids the owners went on steroids at a certain place and changed the game so much.
8: Yeah. Cuz like a Matthew Stafford should, you know, if he just continues to have the career he has, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He puts up good numbers, mm. but it's like yeah, if he it's played like a Marino, Kramer of, he'd be Tommy yeah, Kramer. Exactly, but yeah, he'd be Tommy Kramer.
1: It's weird that from the 1980s, and even the 1990s, you they're already saying you almost can't compare the quarterback position. Uh, the fact that the game they're saying Ronnie Lott would not be able to play today, which I think is probably the most exciting defensive player I ever saw, but he wouldn't be able to make it in the league because the, the rules have changed too much. <laughs> Nuts!
6: Also, uh, look at a guy
4: like Aikman who I think is definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback. You look at his numbers, if you were to compare, his numbers are, they're weak almost like Namath's numbers are weak. But if you looked at him, we
8: watched him play, he's clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: It's weird, he never gets
8: mentioned. That's right, he does it, yeah. I mean, he more. never
1: gets mentioned. And he's got more rings than anybody from the 90s. He's got, you know, you'd got to go back. Well, only two more guys have more rings than him. Only two more quarterbacks in history have more rings from him. So where do you put Troy Aikman, first?
2: I would put Troy Aikman third. You're just trying to bust balls. You're just trying to act. <laughs> third. Actinize. Seriously. You're fucking- Montana Bradshaw had a very close to first, second place, then Aikman. So you would put Bradshaw
8: as the second best quarterback he's of all time? To, of all time.
1: He's trying to fucking annoy on purpose. He's
3: getting in our head.
1: I know. It is, and you won't be satisfied until somebody hits you. <laughs> Finally, I someone to get hit. Somebody's going to just jump up and swing at you for saying something so fucking annoying. as that?
8: You, I don't know. Who's Bra- been better? Well, oh, Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. He should be in the top ten, but he's not the second best of all time.
1: He knows he's not. He wouldn't make that statement. Aikman wouldn't say I'm third because I have a three of rings.
8: Is Aikman better looking than Marino?
2: Aikman, Marino. Yeah. Marino is better looking than Aikman. Aikman has like a bug-eyed thing that happens. Maybe it's, that. Nose, it's nose. Right. Yeah, it, maybe it's the
4: concussion.
2: Yeah, maybe it's all the concussions, but every now and then the eyes kind of get kind of bulgy. So, so we, I'm still putting Marino above Aikman in looks.
1: You know, I'll tell you this. I'd end up fucking the entire Dolphins team than one cowboy because my family would have nothing to do with me if they ever found out I had sex with a Dallas cowboy. <laughs>
8: So who would you fuck? Jim Jensen?
1: I got to go back and probably say
8: Sonny Jurgensen would <laughs> be number one on my list.
1: <laughs> Only because I know I can top. And he's got his <laughs> own cigar brand.
8: i go with Nat Moore. <laughs> Nat
1: Moore. I um, this never came up with you, but if you had the fucking football player, who would it be? I page? think yeah, Montana.
2: I'm shooting for the top, baby. Remember, you get just one.
1: No, his thing is because of the Notre Dame connection. And Notre Dame guys, they love, they live, and love for Joe Montana. That's right. Well, you bring up the Even fucking. Even though he don't like the school
4: anymore now, he's upset because his son got jettisoned out of there.
1: What happened with his kid? His kid just can't play.
4: <laughs> yeah, pretty, but I don't think Joe reconciled that. He couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't reconcile that. Everybody else did.
1: Can you but. imagine to be Joe Montana's kid and then choose to play quarterback? You know.
4: Yeah, and then we're sixteen at Notre Dame. Even though he wore three, even though Joe wore three at Notre Dame, his kid wears sixteen.
1: Just not smart. Yeah, I don't get that at all. I feel like if Johnny Carson's kids started trying to have a talk show or
8: okay. Carlin, yeah, kid tried to do stand up. Why do it to yourself?
1: The only person that could compete like that with a family member has to be Gallagher too. I can't think. Of it.
8: <laughs> Julian, Julian Lennon tried. Oh. Jacob Dylan got yeah, a little little success. You know, but a the, tinge.
1: Yeah, and all, obviously, even Jacob sounded and went in a different direction than his dad. But most of the time, like Julian Lennon looks so much like his dad that it's like fucking almost scary. And, like, he's 50 years old and is still like, you know what, dude? I'm just trying to do some albums. Stop bringing up my dad to me. Yeah, I'm Hey Jude, okay? Good, good. We got that out there? Yeah, Lucy in the Sky was my girlfriend. I say it in every fucking interview. It's got to be awful. It's like Al Capone's kid said, I'm not even going to bother fucking being a gangster. It's not worth it to me right now.
7: He's bootlegged a little bit.
1: Uh, Jerry in Kansas, you're on the Run of Fez show.
5: Hey, Ronnie D, Million Bucks. Yeah. Thanks for uh,
6: uh, moving over. Love the show. Fran Tarkington played in three Super Bowls, made
5: it to the Hall of Fame, never won the big one. Where does he rank on the list of quarterbacks?
1: I, I've got on my list, i got Tarkington at 73rd. <laughs> uh, he was at 74th. But he has moved up. I worry this kid out of Texas is the next fucking this Texas A and M kid. Johnny football reminds me of Fran Tarkington.
8: Well, you know Tarkenton had the the yardage record till Marino broke it. Yeah. So he threw a lot of yardage in the seventies, which was you know when they didn't throw then. and he played outdoors in Minnesota before the dome.
1: But he would also throw, and if you go back and watch this sometimes 12 or 15 seconds after the snap.
8: Oh, yeah. He I would run
1: back and forth and then throw downfield after running <laughs> 40 yards around back there. There's nothing to compare it to it. And that's where I see Johnny Football. Uh, Jerry, who's going to get the first draft? Is it Houston?
4: It's, yeah, the Texans will.
1: All right. Are the Texans forced to talk take either Clowney or Johnny Football because of their fans?
4: I, well, the one thing is, there's a lot of guys down in the Houston press that are pushing for Johnny Football, though he is clearly no one's number one on the board pick. Um, but they're definitely pushing that because they dealt with Matt Schaub throwing like four, or six picks. Uh, yeah, because picks he's also good
1: press. It's like uh, you know a Texas kid staying there. But it seems like if you were drafting and you didn't take one of those, one of the two names of players that regular people know. Your fan base is going to go crazy. But they, didn't,
8: didn't the Texans, didn't that happen to him with Vince Young? Yeah. When Vince mm-hmm. Young was coming out, they were, everyone said, you got to take him, you got to take him, and then he went to Tennessee, and it turned out to be the right decision. They took yeah. Mario Williams over him.
1: I still think Vince Young could have been a great fucking quarterback. You think so? I do. I think he was but, mishandled. I still think that guy could have been one of the greatest of all time.
4: The Texans, though, were also snake-bit with Mario Williams. He did not really produce there as a number one overall, and they took him over Reggie Bush, who has had a a better career probably than Williams, not a spectacular one, but they're definitely snake-bit on the can't-miss defensive lineman too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But their coach, the coach from Penn State, who basically told Penn State to F off on his way out, yeah. he seems to be he'll be a great NFL character. Loves the F bomb and uh nice chiseled chin.
1: So you don't know who he's gonna take?
4: No, I don't know. I don't they don't know right now either. They're just he don't even have his coaching staff.
8: So And he's a Belichick disciple, so you know he's gonna be miserable and cranky. I like those guys. I like those yeah.
1: guys too. I don't know why anybody coaching football would be in a good mood. It's just you're there constantly. It comes down to one fumble.
8: One play at the end. Everything
1: that you worked on is screwed. You're just screaming at some 380-pound
7: guy. That's why John Harborough is the shit. He's a maniac the entire game.
1: Yeah, it's true. And now I'm kind of pulling for him.
7: I don't know. I think I was all on Green Bay's defensive coordinator not realizing, I don't know, they're going to run. Kaepernick's going to run with the ball on third down if it's third and four or third and five. Well,
1: he can't be on the fucking field, dude. I'm sorry, but this, it, to be able to be out there and catch Kaepernick is not going to be the coordinator's fucking position. Fez, who would you pick number one overall?
2: Uh, if I'm Houston, i take Manziel. They have totally lost the fan base, with fans showing up at Matt Schaub's house to, you know, write mean things and scream at his family.
1: Yeah, but you can try to please the fans, but then if they don't fucking win, no one's going to remember I liked this guy and, and when he was a college player. They hate him. They'll, they'll just hate him. I don't, just don't know if he's a pro, and I watched him a lot.
8: Does he stay in college one more year, or is he definitely coming out? He'll come out.
1: He's got to come out. He's got to come out and make that fucking Yankee dollar.
8: And he
4: doesn't even need it. He comes from huge money.
1: Everyone says that, but then they found out that that was just bullshit. Oh. That his his dad had some money for a while and then lost it. You know those oil guys, they go up and down. Hmm. Jim Florentine, thank you so much for stopping by here today.
8: I like the sad music.
1: Yeah, we like to go out feeling kind of bad about ourselves with sad night. Sad yeah, night. I, I hear you. No, thanks you for know. having me. Uh, stop back anytime that you want to, um, but your show give all the plugs.
2: Jim, you can hear on Thursdays on Ozzy's Boneyard, on Channel 38 and Sirius XM, it's Metal Midgets. That start at 5 p.m. in the east. New season of that metal show on VH1 Classics starts January 18th. And go to JimFlorentine.com to see all his upcoming dates as he hits the West Coast.
8: Yes, I'm hitting the West Coast this week. The Improv in L.A., San Diego, and Pasadena on JimFlorentine.com. Fantastic.
2: Yes,
1: all right, we'll make sure we plug that tomorrow as well, too. Awesome. You were great today, though. It was great to have you stop by. Um, anything else we need to plug, Fezzy? Are we out of here? We are out of here. Okay. Thanks. Uh, first uh, day over here on Roldan. Uh Tomorrow we'll be back. Uh, Shelby, welcome to the show. Thanks.
3: Young creep finally got his fucking step up. Yeah. And make sure to hit up that capture contest
8: on the app. You low know low who place. he looks like? Dan Natterman, the comedian. He's, Have you had Dan in before? You know who he is? Yeah,
1: I know who he is. Yeah. And there's a weird thing where he was touring around Shelby's town right before Shelby, nine months before Shelby was born.
8: All matches up. Look at Dan Natterman up on the, Yeah, put him say, up right now. Yeah.
1: And put a picture next to yourself. And then put under it, are you my daddy? And try to. <laughs> that
8: is, you are Dan. Yeah.
1: Holy wow. shit. Wow. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm looking into <laughs> man. He's like, I always consider him a funny Shelby. That's it for us. See you guys back in here tomorrow.
7: I love to watch things on TV. Satellite of love.
1: Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite. Of love. Satellite of love. Live.
7: Comedy Hits, Hits.